Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 127 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. We are brought to you by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business on or offline, that's website design, Google ads, graphic design, printing. We can do your magazine ads, anything you need. We can absolutely help. Check us out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram, or you can check out our website, bbdigitalmarketing.com. Request a free review of your online presence today right there on the homepage. Okay, I'm Milton Campus. I'm a brown belt training out of South Florida. We got Bo behind the camera over here. Yo. And we got Christian behind the camera over there. Yo. <laughs> uh, ben, Ben's in the bathroom somewhere. Uh, what He can hear us, right? Ben can hear us? Is, is it like you have the sound I, on in I the studio? So. In a, I, I'm not sure. I think oh, he's, uh, he's doing a business call out back like yeah, a big uh, uh, grown, grown man. <laughs> a big boy? Yeah. All right. Don't forget to like, comment, download, share. Click that, that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate all the support. Uh, joining us today is Black Belt and New Floridian, Charlie Vinch. Welcome, Charlie. Thank you, sir. You're going to give me a couple of minutes. We're going to do some shout-outs to our sponsors, and then we're going to jump right in with you, okay? All right. All right, thank you to our friends over at Flow and Roll. All right, hands down the best. Hey, I did it this time. Friends at Flow and Roll. I didn't, I didn't fuck it up. But, you know, now I interrupted myself. Hands down the best custom gi and no gi gear in the business. Don't believe us. Visit them on Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll. Check out all their custom designs. Uh, they're working with academies all throughout the country, and they have an incredible pre-order program. Very little money out of pocket. You get all your stuff online. Your students can go online and, and purchase, and then take that money that you made online and pay for all your gear, and then you got some inventory, right? As a, as a, right, That sounds pretty good as a gym owner, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a really good program, so you just kind of pay a couple hundred bucks, get things online. Your students can order there. Not for everybody. He could still do a regular order, but for a small gym or a gym just starting, it's like, I don't want to lay out five, ten thousand $10,000 for an order. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. Let the orders happen online, and then you take that money and you pay for the, it. It will pretty much pay for the inventory that you wind up. He ships to you, so it's just like your students have kind of helped you pay for it before they even get it. Really cool. I don't have the bag here. He even sends, when he sends you a gi, he puts it in a flow and roll backpack. Oh, wow. Like a little backpack. So now- Take the gi out. You start wearing the gi. Now you have the backpack. I actually use them for the gym. I put all my like gloves and my water in it. Go to the gym. Uh, so it's really cool. He takes care of that. His client. I mean, just go on. If you check out his Instagram again, uh, flow at flow underscore n underscore roll. He's always posting like new academy artwork. Like the, the, the artwork's incredible. And honestly, like the no gi and the the rash guards, like incredible. I don't wear. If I wasn't working with them, I probably wouldn't even wear anything else unless somebody was throwing it at us, to be honest, because it's really it's high-quality stuff. So check them out. Uh, website is flowenroll.com, the letter N, right? Flowenroll.com. Get 20% off with code JJD on your online orders. They do embroidery on belts. You've got your no-gi stuff. You've got your, your gis. But again, check out the pre-order program if you're a gym owner. Uh, Neutral Zone CBD. They've got some new branding. We don't have the new stuff yet, but you've got the stuff. You see it over my head. That's the uh, the CBD. Uh, those are the CBD products they have now. They're coming out with some new gummies and some just all, all different products. New labeling, new logo. Check them out. You can still go to the website, NeutralZoneCBD.com, and get 25% off with code JJD. And, you know, no matter if your aches and pains are coming from lifting weights at the gym or rolling on the mats... Neutral Zone has a product for you. So you find your Neutral Zone by finding the best products for your pain wellness so you can continue your active lifestyle. All right? Uh, next up is Leao Optics. I know somebody will correct me on that. You got it? Do you? No? I don't have anything Leao, you know, Le... Mata Leon. Mata Leon. Right. So it's kind of. Leon. That's what you say, right? That's yeah. the same word, right? I think so. Yeah. My wife's Brazilian. Oh, oh she is? Yeah. Oh, then you should know. Yeah. Mata there you Leon. Go. Leon. Okay. Leao. 
Somebody tried to teach me the other day. I was like, like the way he would, I'm like, I can't just lay out optics. We're just going to do that. Check these out. These are the, so like whenever I wear something brown, say brown, got my, my rank from Flonero. And then I got these brown ones. Uh, Christian, you want to bring that up on screen? What are these called? The Avore de Vida. I think this is what the, these are called, right? Oh, there you I like go. Those. Avore de Vida. Really cool. This. Bamboo. You can get your rank. You're a black belt, so you get it like this with the, yeah, I want with the red. Right? I want a Very pair. cool. I don't have an extra pair of these. I have extra pairs, but I didn't bring them into the studio <sighs> yet. And I, I feel bad. Dude. Next time. Next time. Next time you come on. Right. So, yeah, these are, these are, I have, I wear uh, a black pair and then I wear these. I keep these in the car as well. So check them out at layoutoptics.com. You get 10% off with code JJD. Uh, last but not least, we have BioPro, BioPro Tech. You can see what the, you know, let's see. We got we to we compare each episode. That's what happened. Working out. This is what happened. Look, oh my God, I got stung by a bee. Look at that. Um, <laughs> uh, BioPro, right? You, I'm taking the, which one is this one? I got the BioPro and then the BioPro with quarter sleep. This is the quarter sleep. So this is the nighttime one. Uh, but I take one in the morning, one at night. It's just a little vial. You're not shooting anything. It's a little vial. Put it under your tongue. Hold it for 90 seconds. Swallow. Go about your day. Uh, helps with anti-aging, metabolism, libido. Nice. I don't have any issue with that. I'll be honest. <laughs> I need something to turn mine off. Uh, um, at 50, I mean, at 50, like you, you feel it changing. I talked yeah. to a buddy of mine yesterday. He's 52, and as soon as I said something, I was telling him like this, you know, stuff that I was taking, nothing crazy, no steroids, nothing like that. And he was like, oh, I don't have any problem with that. I'm like, listen, bro, you're, 40, you're 52. It's definitely not like it was before. Uh -huh. I'm like, just when you're ready, just come like, we we'll check it out and maybe we'll get you hooked up. But definitely the, the, the thing that it, that was most notable to me was the libido, like two weeks in. Wow. It's just like, whoa, hey. What's that? <laughs> Waking up in the morning like you're 15? For real? I mean, Chris is laughing. It, I mean, legit. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Uh, help you with your immune system, skin, cognition. And then again, the, court, the one with the quarter sleep is helping, me with, uh, helping you with sleep and stress. All this with no needles, no side effects. You can check them out at bioproteintech.com and get $30 off with code JJD on regularly, regularly priced kits. I got to change that, right? Um, so that means like the the two kits the the night the daytime and the night one, mm -hmm. they sometimes put them on sale for like with like a hundred dollars off. But if you get the kit and they're not on sale, use code JJD. Your total is going to be over two ninety five, and that's when the code kicks in. You get thirty dollars off. All right, so go check them out. All right, you ready, bro? Let's do it. Thank you for being patient, man. How's everything? Second Good. second visit. <clears throat> second visit. Second visit. You are now. Uh, when we talked to you last time, you were up in Jersey, right? Yeah. So you're, when did you move down? So we moved down in April. So you're officially a Floridian? Yeah. How many, okay. how many months does it take to be? I, well, I actually, uh, I'm, uh, June 1st was, I'm here 25 years. Okay. I came down when I was 25, just turned 50. June 1st is 25 years. So now I, now I'm a Floridian. I've been now more than half my life in Florida. So now I'm a Floridian. So yeah, it's going to yeah. take a little time. It's going to take a little time. A little, a little time. Your kid's a little different, right? They'll be, what, you have one or you have two? two? You have two, boy, girl? Two, right? I have one boy and one girl. Girls older? Girl's older. How old is she? Seven. And then the boy? One. Oh, baby. Yeah. She she's on the mats. Yeah, she's been yeah. training since she was three. Yeah. How are they how are they dealing with the move? It's fine. It, with yeah. the younger, the easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, we're moving to Florida. All right, Dad. Yeah. So oh. where are you? Are you right here in Boca? I oh, went Coral Springs. Oh, you're in Coral Springs. I'm yeah. right. Oh, I didn't right know on you the edge of, right on the edge of Parkland. So the lower part of Parkland. I'm yeah. right there, right by Eagle Ridge. Eagle Ridge, uh, like more towards uh, Coral Ridge Drive. 
That's yep. right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I just, uh, if you know Coral Springs, I just moved in. I don't want to tell everybody where I live. I just, there's a new building over there in the center of Coral Springs. <laughs> I tell everybody exactly where I live. That new building, I just moved into that new building that's, uh, that, awesome. that went up there on, beautiful. you know, that area. Yeah, it's over by the post office. Beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. Just moved. There's like nobody there. There's like 360 apartments, I think. They said we were like 13% full last weekend. Okay. Like, yeah, that that new. So it's just like just seeing little chickadees at the at the at the pool now. <laughs> and there's there needs to be uh, or there's going to be some commercial downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. It's funny because they're doing. Uh, it's actually like they put up that building. Mm-hmm. So they're actually starting on the building in front of us. I thought that was going to be the parking lot. Everybody said because of COVID that they made that building smaller, mm-hmm. and they were putting up. And then I thought it was going to be a parking lot in front. No, they're putting like the twin building right in front of it. So it's going to be two buildings. They, they're oh, wow. just breaking ground on it now. They're putting up a Hyatt hotel next to us. Then across the street, I don't know if you like those older yeah, one-story older, buildings, yep. they're tearing that down. There's yep. going to be, that's a, I believe it's the same construction company doing all of them. Wow. They're doing that. And then diagonally across, there's that, like there's that grassy area. Yep. I don't, it's not even a park. I just think it's like an like, open area. Yep. Diagonally across from that rounded building. Then they're putting another, uh, residential building wow. on that corner, so it's like a true downtown now. That's like wow. that's really what they're called. I think everybody's starting to call right. it downtown. Coral. Downtown Coral Springs. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm a little. I feel like I'm gonna. I'm early. Like it's not gonna be by the time I'm gonna be buying another house by the time nah, like it gets it gets it'll... jumping. So, but yeah, they move I, quick. I go. I I frequent like I like keeping my money. I lived in Coral Springs in a house. Recently divorced, we sold the house. Um, I go to all these places and I like keeping my money in Coral Springs, mm-hmm. just, you know, restaurants and bars and, you know, I get business meetings. I'm like, Hey, come on in. We'll go over here. So like huh. I'm going to tap 42. I'm going to Miller's Ale house to watch mm-hmm. the UFCs. Like they have a really nice outside patio. So like I go to all these places. So it's like, now I can just walk across the street. That's your so it's like really Yeah. That's, you know, I like it. I get quiet. Like it's quiet. You know, if I want to go out, out, then it's like Fort Lauderdale. You got to go someplace Man. else. But you know, nice bars, good bar scene. You can walk to a lot of stuff now. Like, you know, they're just putting up a lot more. So, so welcome to Coral Springs, man. We got to go have a drink or have a, I don't know if you, are you a drinker? You have a beer or are you nah, really don't get some food? Food. Yeah. We'll get some food. We'll yeah. get some lunch one day. So we were talking about, uh, used to, used to have a podcast. With, what yep. did you, I, I know when like I, you know, I'm almost always going to listen to one podcast that you've been on before we, we come on together. Sure. So I searched for something I hadn't listened to before and then I put in, Charlie Vinch and mm-hmm. I see the Charlie Vinch podcast. I'm like, oh, we started something new because I don't think I saw it last time. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, then I saw the date. So I think the last one was like in 2022. Yeah, it was probably 2022. Why'd you stop? Uh, just hard to yeah. keep up, right? Like this production is awesome. You guys have all your cameras. You have you know, your staff. Like I, I, I'd love to do something. Yo, like dude, this. do I get a <clears throat> do do I get a referral fee if uh, Charlie comes to do his podcast here? Uh, he yeah, starts we'll up ta- again. We'll, we'll figure something <laughs> out. We'll figure something <laughs> out. <laughs> well, I mean, for us, you know. Uh, we were lucky enough. I started in my wife's office. We used to like uh-huh. record in her conference rooms at her office. She like managed a, a, an office suite company. Uh-huh. And then we moved it to my house. And then COVID hit and we had moved. We were like moving because we were moving into the house. We had to like sell the house, rent while our house was being built. So then we had it in the new place, but then it was like we're in the midst of COVID. So it was like, wife didn't really want people coming in. And then we moved it to Miami. Bo had an empty, real beautiful apartment that was empty we turned the the master bedroom into a, a podcast studio okay it's like overlooking biscayne bay beautiful it's where people would come to be like 
what the fuck is this? Like, you know, because I'd say come to the studio, but then they come to this res residential building. Uh, but uh, that was, this is, this is, I like this. I, it's closer for me. You know, it was an hour drive. It's not even a half hour drive here. And um, this is a cool setup. I like it. You know, we're going to like, it's a little easier to have more people come in. I, we were talking about the next podcast. We're going to do like, uh, the next one's going to be a blue belt round table. So it's me and another brown belt that I train with. And then we're going to have a bunch of blue belts that we're constantly beating up on so that they can <laughs> they can attack us verbally on the podcast <laughs> so uh so yeah this is like a really good setup to bring in like five or more people you know? this is beautiful yeah i mean i, like I wish i had this yeah maybe i maybe i'd do it and then if i if i didn't have to do any of the the uploading or any of this i mean dude that's the hardest part about anything right like when you when you're off on a venture we were talking about businesses and different thing it's you know sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do but then there's a certain point where it's like, if you're not good at that thing, you, you probably shouldn't do it. You just pay somebody else to do it so you can become more productive yeah. at the thing you're actually good at. Yeah. And this is where gym owners get This is where the gym owners get it. Yeah. Wrong. No, this is the perfect setup for that. I'm, I, the thing, I do own a marketing company. So like my daughter's, you know, creating like the questions post and then nice. she'll do the launch. She'll have the, the, you know, she manages the graphic design team that does that stuff. So I do have that help. I have that back end of my marketing company that can help with the stuff. So yeah, it does make it easier. Um, I think the downfall of most podcasts is I think most people launch it and they just think it's going to go viral, man. Yeah. It's going to go viral. People are going to love me. <laughs> and, um, Bono's like, I mean, there was a point that I was like putting two grand a month into it just for mm -hmm. like advertising. I was running ads, uh, YouTube, uh, posting and boosting on social media. So like I spent a lot of money in the beginning, but I also, I had a job that allowed me to do that. So I was just like, when we first recorded, it took off and I wasn't spending any money. And then I'm like. What if we spend a little money on advertising yeah. and then we did that and it took off? Don't spend that now. I absolutely don't spend that much now, but there was a time that I was spending that much a month just to let me nudge it in the right direction and let things build. But yeah, man, if you're ever going to do another one, man, this is a great place. You know who, uh, who records here? There's a podcast called Slick and Thick. Um, Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall. Yeah. Uh, UFC fighter? Yeah. Yeah, right? Who's right. He, he was the, who did he fight? He's the guy that like stepped up to fight that, uh, the guy from the WWE. That's how I always remember CM him. Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk, yeah. Yeah. He was that guy. Oh, he, Mick, wait, Mickey's here? Mickey Gall Mickey's from records Jersey, here. I think. He, rec he records here once a week? Yeah, he lives here. He moved down here to train. Yeah. He Cliff. also moved down here. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, where's Kilcliffe? Kilcliffe is in, in Deerfield. It's in Deerfield. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I thought uh, Mickey's from New Jersey, right? Yeah, he's yeah. from Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. My, one of my buddies actually that I used to I used to train was uh, his striking coach. Yeah, yeah. You wait. You used to train. I him? used to train uh, Justin, and okay. Justin is diamond striking on on Instagram. Okay. And then he was training Mickey. Okay. For striking. All right. So what is it? Um. They're not like, they're they're like more topical. They're not like MMA specific though, right? They talk a lot they, of MMA, but they do sports, political stuff. It's all over the place. Right. As the far as what the co-host is a comedian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like him and this guy. Great vibe. Check. It. I mean, yeah, I started I following him when I came in here, and uh, yeah, it's uh, he's it's funny. I was I was surprised that I liked it. You know, I haven't been listening to the podcast, but I follow like I watch all the, okay. the social media stuff because I like the clicks. The Is clips. he still actively fighting? I don't know. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's he? he's coming off an injury, a uh, big back injury, but he'll still, be fighting. Still, still, yeah. he's still contracted with the yeah. UFC. He'll be fighting. Like, he's a December. gamer though. Like he's like yeah. right. He's like uh, I'll take on all comers. Right. How old is oh, he? Yeah. yeah. He's thirty one. Yeah. Okay. I was training so with him young. last night, actually. Yeah. What's that? Boxing. I was boxing sparring with him last nice. night. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. Is here, that your nose here, is Here or red? did you go someplace? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I come in here. I meet these guys. They show me the studio. And, you know, he undersold himself. 
So he's just like, yeah, you know, I train a little bit. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, okay. So then I see his like social media after a couple of weeks. I didn't even like realize right away. Uh-huh. And I came in and I'm like, he's like knocking out guys in a freaking octagon over here in like amateur fights with no pads up north. Was it Ohio? Yeah, they don't have Look at I'm pumping him up. I'm pumping nice. him up. Hey, UFC, we got to sign. Get, you got to <laughs> yeah, get Mickey no. to get you signed. No, no? <laughs> not after last night. I'm cool. I ate an uppercut and I was like, fuck this. You got to come to just do some jujitsu, man. Yeah. I do, I do. Yeah. That's my week. That's yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah no, but he, I, I, I found it. You know, started following him on Instagram, and this guy's throwing hands, and I'm like, hmm. uh, I'm gonna follow him. He's like, yeah, I trained a little bit, and then he's knocking out guys in the ring. I'm like, oh, he undersold himself. He knows. Look at see him smiling. He knows. He's like, yeah, I undersold it, but that's good. I pre- I respect that. He didn't uh, like, yeah, I'm fucking, you know, right. The man. Look at me. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, if you ever gonna do a podcast, man, this is a good place. Awesome. These guys, they're good people. So uh, tell us about let's uh, for people that didn't listen to the first po- the first podcast that you were on, tell us a little bit about how you got your start in jujitsu and end with who do you have who are you black belt under? So I'm a black belt under the Miglis brothers. Mm-hmm. We're out of Philadelphia. Animal, some what is it? The animal. What is it? What's animal, his Instagram? Animal, it's like I think it's Animal Black Belt or Animal, animal Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt. I think it's Animal Black Belt. Yeah, uh, Animal Black yeah. Belt. He's got some good shit. Uh, but go ahead, I'm sorry. And then him and his brother. Yeah. So Rick and Phil, they're both brothers. Uh, they're both, I think both, one's a fifth degree, the other's a sixth degree under Helson Gracie. And okay. they trained uh, at the Gracie Academy back in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been around you, for a minute. Dude, if you see their pictures on their Instagram, <clears throat> Ricky and Phil have pictures where Henner and Huron are children. Yeah. Like they're, really? they're like 12 or 13 and Ricky and his brother are, are teenagers. They're like 17, 18. Yeah. So while they were at the Gracie Academy, <clears throat> you know, they were some of the first people to ever train with Horian. Wow. You know, these are like the the the, the first pack of yeah. people traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast to learn Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where I kind of like got all my belts under. But I started training in like, I guess you would call it like grappling, you know, back when I was 19 or 14, 15 years old under yeah. um, a guy named Rick Tucci. He had a program that he was under Eric Paulson, and he would do shoot wrestling, and then he was a blue belt at the time. We're talking, man, when I was 14, I'm almost 40 now, so we're going back a long time. A he was a blue belt under, I think it was Hegan. Okay. So he would have a gi jiu-jitsu program once a week, and we just learned some jiu-jitsu. And then from there, I went to a club called Rhino Fight Team with Rob Garino. It was in Tom's River, New Jersey. This is where all of like Frankie Edgar and the, mm-hmm. the whole... New Jersey kind of clan came out of, and then everybody started kind of branching out. And then from there, I moved with uh, Almeida. And then from Almeida, I went with the McLeary's We brothers. had Ricardo uh, <clears throat> on uh, a few episodes back. Oh, yeah. Really nice guy. Yeah. Awesome. Super, super Good cool. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So I, I, I know I heard you talk about, like, your first school, you were kind of learning MMA before anybody was calling it MMA, right? Correct. You were, was it uh, Jeet Kune Do, right? Yep. You were in a, under a Jeet Kune Do instructor. What would you, what do you call Sensei? JKD. Well, they, he used, they, they to, he used to call it, he used to refer to himself as Sifu or, okay, yes. um, yeah, it's a know, Kung Fu thing, right? Sifu. Sifu. Yeah. Because it's all intertwined in that JKD. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're, so they were doing, you were doing groundwork back then, but yep. you're not even understanding that that's like what it is now. Right. You were like, Oh, this is okay. Let's do some jujitsu now. No, you were kind of learning all aspects of, of martial arts. Correct. So he would have break down his classes. Like let's suppose the schedule was Monday was JKD. Tuesday was, uh, uh, Muay Thai under Arjun Chai, and then Wednesday was shoot wrestling, and then Thursday was gi jiu-jitsu, and then Friday okay. was uh, boxing or whatever. And then he would have other classes, but, but I'm just giving you an example. Yeah. So 
you know, we had a, a curriculum where we'd come in twice a week. One week I would do one jujitsu class and one striking class. And then maybe the next week I'd do two grappling classes. Great and mix next, like that. Dude, at 13 years old, it was great yeah. because, you know, again, I'm 40. So we're going back <clears throat> over 20 years ago. You know, you, the big thing then was it was karate, right? Like it was, it was karate. So I didn't know. I just, I was like, man, I want to do something where I punch and kick somebody or like I, 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 I you know, know how to do martial arts. So when I got to be on the ground, I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. I didn't even know what jujitsu was. I didn't even, dude, I remember <clears throat> when I trained with Adam, uh, Rory Singer and Adam Singer at SBG, at, uh, uh, straight blast gym in Atlanta, Georgia, or no, it's not Atlanta. It's right by Atlanta. I was about 20 years old. No, I was before I was 20 years old, probably 19 years old. Um, <clears throat> I went out to their camp and they're good people. And I, I trained with a bunch of their MMA fighters. Brian Bowles was actually the champion of WEC at that time. Okay. He was training there at that time. So that, it was that long ago. And the guys go, yeah, we're going to go up to Atlanta and we're going to uh, do some jujitsu with some Brazilian guys. And I'm like, what's a Brazilian? <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, dude, we're going over 25 years ago. Yeah. It was like, I didn't have like, I'm like, he's like, these Brazilian guys are tough. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like thinking like it's in the Middle East or something. <laughs> does your wife know that story? You said she was Brazilian, right? I don't think she does. So <laughs> like, what's a, what's a Brazilian? Yeah, she, what's a Brazilian? Um, so, you know, that's how like naive I was and not yeah. knowing what was what. Uh, I just thought just fighting was fighting. Just grappling yeah. was grappling and MMA was MMA. You know, and I get to this room of guys who are absolute killers. They yeah. were uh, the original like ATT guys. Uh, uh, Roberto Travin was there. Uh, Jukau, his name is not Jacar, Jukau, uh, another Brazilian guy from ATT, and uh, they were just, you know, they were killers. We had yeah. a good time. I was like, yeah, man, those those Brazilian guys were tough. Yeah, man, jeez, that's you're going back there. <clears throat> yeah. So, so you're at, you go to from that first gym. You said you went with. So, what was your journey? So, kind of like a JKD studio. Yep. And then JKD, you go? It JKD, and then from JKD, I went to like full MMA mm -hmm. with Rob Garino. And did then, you fight? Did you? Yeah. Did you yep. amateur, and, amateur and pro? Did you yep. take pro fights as so well? So we did. We did. A, I did a bunch of amateur, and then and probably we back do, then it wasn't. There wasn't a, a. Was there a huge distinction between amateur and pro even no, at that time for there, MMA? There was, but there wasn't. Like okay. it just started to happen when I started fighting. But <clears throat> we used to do in-house uh, tournaments where you'd have another gym. You'd do a smoker, and there was you know nobody was kind of watching. You just have another guy come in. You're like, oh, you're 180. I'm 200. You know, we've been training for this long. Let's fight. So that you don't. So that they don't have to like. <clears throat> sanction it as an official Correct. like state uh uh sporting event right that's Correct. that's how they got around it right yeah exactly and dude i used to do some boxing all the time in trenton new jersey there's a gym called goss and goss barry goss and sammy goss were olympians back in like i don't know maybe the 70s or something sure. and they had a gym there and what they would do is they'd get other local gyms they call it gym sparring but it, it was a fight it was yeah, a, yeah, i it was mean it was that. a fight <laughs> because your corner was cheering hard their corner was cheering hard i don't care if you had headgear on or not you were going a hundred percent. Yeah. And at the end, they would either say, Hey, dude, you lost that fight or you won that fight. Gotcha. You know, the only difference was there was a actual referee and it was sanctioned or it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And we used to do these, you know, every couple months. You have a guy come over from another local gym or PA or Philly, they'd come over and they'd call it gym sparring, but it, it was a fight. What did you call them? Like a smoke what did you say? <clears throat> it was called a smoker? In the MMA yeah. world, they called it a smoker. In the boxing world, they just call it like um gym sparring, like where you bring in another gym and spar with another gym. Gotcha. I consider that a real fight. Yeah. So so you have some, so you, you <clears throat> fight, you do these fights, those were your amateur, and then 
Fair so I did smokers, but then I did actual sanctioned amateur fights, like okay. through Asylum Fight League. I fought for uh, a title in Atlantic City, New Jersey. We also did um, some fights in South Jersey. So those were like sanctioned amateur fights, but I never did like the pro circuit of MMA. And then <clears throat> what happens there? Where did your journey take you? So after I did a couple amateur fights, I was going for like pro, right? And I was really, I really wanted to go pro before I went amateur, right? You're always like, yeah, I'm ready for that pro fight. And it's like, dude, I'm glad my coaches were smart at the time, right? And they're like, you don't need to go pro. You just need more amateur fights mm -hmm. before you go pro. You know, going pro is just a, it's just a word. It's just a title. You know, like you're going to be, if you can't kick ass and the amateur is really good, it's going to be really hard to kick ass in the, in the pro. So, uh, I transitioned from the mixed martial arts MMA with Rob Garino to, uh, with the Miguel Reese brothers. And then once I started going there, I started incorporating more like actual jujitsu, like learning it from, from the base of, you know, I had to train with the gi and, and really good jujitsu at that, right? Uh, and then I had I had a hip injury. And double hip replacement, double right? Hip replacement. I had two double hip surgeries. How old are you at that time? So that was eight years ago. My first one was seven seven years ago or so. I had double hip resurfacing because my cartilage was messed up in my hips, and that didn't work. And then I had to wait another six months, and then after, I had to get double hip resurfacing done on both of my hips. And you you see a lot of fighters have it now. Uh, Paul Felder's going through some hip stuff. John Wayne Parr had didn't hip Felder resurfacing. Did basically like retire because of that? Did he, I, I don't know. It, I just saw it, him it, post something on Instagram that he's having hip issues. Yeah. And I wrote to him, I was like, dude, if you need help, because he's from Philly, he knows a lot of yeah. the same people I do. I was like, dude, if you need help, let me know. I've been through this journey of, you know, what it is for the hips. And then there's a lot of difference between a replacement and resurfacing. Okay. And if you really want to get into it, we can. So do you have that done <clears> at the same? So you, you go the first time yep. for your hips and it's what? Resurfacing. Just one on no, both? same time. You could choose to do one at a time. Yeah, but he's like, listen, if you got it in one, you got it in the other. We just, let's just yeah. do both. But then that, now you're, can you walk? Are you in a wheelchair? Really. No, you're I'm in a walker. Like, I'm in a walker. You're walk oh, Jesus. I'm in a walker. Like super painful? Horrible. How long? Not walking? How, well, how long is like before you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel uh, better. Like Six months. Si oh, shit. <laughs> That's the first time. That's the what, double hip resurfacing took over a year before I was like, man, I feel like good. I can like squat yeah. down and feel that's like, the, you're talking about the second time. So okay, yeah. the first time it's resurfer, resurfacing. Yep. No, and first that, time is first time is cartilage repair. Repair. What is what's the difference between that and the resurfacing? So, can we can pull we, can we pull up a, a picture I, on that? Yeah. Tell, is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. So, if you look up, um, just pull up like a femoral head, right? Like femoral head, and then you'll see like an X-ray. And that way I can kind of see if I can explain this. I became somewhat of a doctor. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say you're a freaking pro. I became somewhat of a doctor. Yeah. So you'll see like, um, okay, so you see femoral head there, right? And then once you look at the femoral head, like go to the picture that you can see the pelvis too. Uh, like the more the top one. I think there's right, like one right, in the middle. Right, uh, right, one more. Yeah, click on that. See if you can blow that up. So, yeah, no problem. So I'll see if I can like explain it through here. So like this is your femoral head, right? And then you have your pelvis above. And then in between your pelvis and your femoral head, you have cartilage. And what that cartilage does is it allows your hip to move freely, right? So what had happened was the cartilage started getting like, there, you go. there it is. Okay. Like so, so you see the femoral head, how close it is to the hip, the, the yeah. pelvis. Again, I, I'm not an x-ray reader here, but <clears throat> the closer it is to the pelvis, the more it shows there's no cartilage left. 
Sure. So once there's no cartilage, you become bone on bone. Once you're bone on bone, every time you take a step, you feel like you have an electric shock go through your body. Really? And you, dude, it's wicked. That bad? It's fucking awful. You can't even walk sometimes. Yeah. I mean, just imagine bone on bone and you're like, it's like that, right? So the first one, he was like, oh, well, I, there, there's enough in there. I can, all the flaps that kind of came under the femoral head here that rolled underneath. He goes, I'm going to peel them back and we'll staple them. And he goes, you're going to be good to go. I was like, cool. So, you know, three months later, I'm like, dude, this thing really hurts. He's like, you got to do more PT and this, and this, and that. I'm like, okay, okay. Go through the PT thing. Six months later, he's like, uh, I go back. I'm like, dude, this really still hurts in these positions. And he's like, uh, let's do another x-ray. And I was like, okay, we'll do another x-ray. And he's like, uh, I don't tell you. He's like, you don't have any cartilage left. And I was like, you just told me before six months ago. And then the day after the surgery, you told me I had cartilage left. It doesn't disappear in six months of me doing nothing. Where did it go? Ah, just sometimes these things happen like that. And I was like, well, well, what do I do? Shit. He's like, pick a different lifestyle. Really? That's it. He's like, pick a different lifestyle. What happened when he, when you knocked him out and he <laughs> gained consciousness? <laughs> I was, I was too in shock myself. I was too like, what the fuck? That, that like, I can remain calm, but if somebody said something like that to me, I would be like, I wanted to cry. Nah, I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry and beat him up at the same time. Cause I was so like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Like, this is my whole life. Like I love martial arts. You know, and why I got into martial arts and what it does for me, I'm not going to be able to do it anymore. And how dare you take that away from me? You know, and, and then I was like, man, life's not fair. And, you know, all these rabbit hole. Yeah, rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram, too, at MyNeutralZone. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow & Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowandroll.com to check out their awesome designs, and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy Signature Tee exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of T-shirts, rash guards, or geese with code JJD. So he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. You know, just go figure out a different lifestyle. So then, then the real search became, who am I going to go to? What am I going to do now? So I started finding out about hip resurfacing, right? So... Here, the femoral head's still intact, right? And then they, they try to repair the cartilage that's here, but I was like this. So it's, imagine, a tire, imagine a rim with no tire. You're just riding on the rim, right? So I'm riding on the rim. So now I have to figure out, am I going to do a replacement or resurfacing? So a replacement is where, so a femoral head is here, is where they whack off the entire femoral head, and then they put a, a metal bar in there, and then they put a fake cap at the top, like a fake head. And then in here, they put like a metal scoop. So you have metal on metal. Okay. From what I understand, 
from <clears throat> talking to many doctors and talking to a lot of people, your dislocation rate is higher when you have a replacement as opposed to resurfacing. And that goes with how they enter and where they enter. And I'll show you the scars later if you want. All right. So instead, I opted for what's called resurfacing. Resurfacing is where they take that, just the head and not the femur itself, just the head, and they cut it off. And then they put a ball on top of here, right? And they like screw it in. And then they put the metal cup in here. So you still have all the strength of your femoral arm. The replacement, less, they take less the arm dislocation off. dislocation with, with that one Lower well. dislocation. Lower dislocation rate. Lower dislocation rate. And then also depending on the interior exterior approach that they take. So do they go in through the back or do they go in through the side? And this is what I understand from the doctor that I got it done in NYC was... He's like, listen, my location, my dislocation rate is like zero. And he goes, you're young, you're strong, you're going to rebuild yourself. You're going to be great. Uh, he's like, I can't guarantee it. He's like, but from my experience, you're going to do good. He's like, you know, you can go So back. you went with that second option? I went with that second option. I mean, I really... On, on both. On both. On both. I mean, so we, we got to the point that after I had that meeting with him, I would go to other surgeons and it was like, it was like anything else in life. When, when it rains, it pours. I go to these other doctors and I go to them and be like, hey, I was at blah, 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 blah in Philadelphia. I had this surgery done. I need some help on a, a revision. And most doctors will not touch revisions. The, what they'll say is they're just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. They're like, nah, that guy worked on it. He's like, I'm, I'm, I don't do revisions. It's, it's like you're fixing somebody else's mistake. And Kinda if like you can't fix too. it, yeah, if you can't fix it, then it's his fault. It's yeah. still the second guy's fault. Because you couldn't fix what the first guy fucked up. Correct. So not a lot of people will take on revisions. So I was just going doctor after doctor. Like, nah, I won't do it. And other guys were like, nah, just you got to pick a different lifestyle. They're like, I think you're too young for, for a replacement. They're like, I just, I wouldn't do it. I would just do something else. So I just, I got desperate, man. And I was like, I need to find out what I, what I, what I'm going to do here. If I'm going to be a martial artist. If I'm going to do what I love and pursue of opening up a school. This is before I had a school. So I found a guy in New York City. My, one of my friends, Eric Reyes, had resurfacing done on one of his hips. And he's like, dude, listen, this is the best thing I ever did for myself. You need to go here and see this guy, Dr. Marwin. I'm like, okay. So I saw him. He's like, listen, I can't guarantee <clears throat> that any of this is going to go away. He's like, but my success rate is pretty high. He's like, you got to flip the coin. This is, you're going to either risk this and get better. Or he's like, dude, listen, you know, if you can tolerate the pain and not do the activities that you're doing. He's like, just ride it out for the next five, six. You're married at this time? Are you married? But when I'm this married? is happening, are you single? Uh, I don't think or, I was married yet. Uh, I don't think I was married, but my uh, my wife now, she was my my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. So is there she is she like, you know, you 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 have somebody to talk to about these decisions because that's kind of like if you're just like a single guy, yeah, making these decisions without like really being able to bounce it off somebody. It's like yeah. freaking it's a, it's a nightmare already. Of course. And then it's like you're just shouldering this yourself without like significant other to kind of like mm -hmm. lean on a little bit. It's even worse. For sure. Right. So, okay. So, so fast forward now, you have both surgeries done yep. or you have both hips. Yep. What was it called again? Uh, resurfaced. resurfaced. Yeah. And what happens? My wife is totally supportive of it. You know, I took this, this leap of faith. You know, I, I really thought to myself, I said, because I came out of the doctor's office and I remember being in New York city. And I think I talked about this on another podcast and I was sitting somewhere in midtown or wherever it was. And I just, I just sat down. I was like crying by myself, you know? And I wasn't really too worried about anybody kind of looking at me. I was just like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Like, this is everything to me, you know, my martial arts, my training to why I got into martial arts. And now it's all being taken away from me. So I was like, all right. 
Do you own a gym at that time <clears throat> too? Nothing. No, nothing. So you're I mean, just training I, with I somebody have, else. I'm just training with somebody else. I didn't even have a job then. You know, there was this nothing. Was, this was the it. training was the job. The training was the job, kind of. Kind of. I was working for a catering company, and then you know, okay, practicing here and there. Just n- nothing that was bringing in real income per se. Sure. But my goal, my always, my goal was to open up my own place, especially after the injury, because I found out I like teaching a lot. So I was like, okay, the goal is to open up my own place. But how am I going to open up my own place when I have two messed yeah. up hips, right? Like on a walker. Hey, guys. Yeah. Shrimp. Yeah. You Shrimp do down the that. Mat. You do that. You do that. No, move your hips that way. Yeah. Show me, coach. I can't. Wow. So uh, I just, I was crying outside and I thought to myself, I, it's like the rocking chair theory. You know, I was like, if I'm older and I'm going through this situation and I know that I didn't take this chance, would I be happy with the chance not have, not have taken it? And the answer was no. So I was like, fuck it we're gonna go in just gonna fail forward you know whatever happens happens i'm just i'm gonna take this leap of faith i I was like on the way into surgery that morning into new york city for the double hip replacement you know i was like throwing up i was so nervous i was just i was totally out of myself i mean i elected to do this i elected to get double hip resurfacing knowing that i won't be able to walk correctly for like three months i won't be able to go to the bathroom myself somebody will have to bathe me my poor wife has to take care of me. You can't even, dude, you can't even, can I curse on here? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, when you're on pain pills, you know, like, you can't shit for weeks. Okay? You like, get backed up. I, like, you feel yeah. fucking hard. I ran fevers of like 105. I had to go back to the hospital because I thought I had an infection in my hips. I mean, just imagine, I elected to not walk, to not be able to shit for my wife to help me to go to the bathroom <laughs> and bathe me for three months. Over three months, man. It was like the one of the worst times of my life. I elected to do that. Wow. You know, it's like you're electing yourself for pain in hopes that after you're going to see the light. And I did. So um, there was a lot of things that I did during that time, you know, to really help me. But to answer your other question, you said, how long did it take before I felt really good? I, f- I felt fucking horrible for months, man. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you can't walk. Just imagine. Go home. Lay down in your bed and act like you can't move your hips or your pelvis. <laughs> Go ahead, try it. Just try yeah. it. You can't get up. Go to the bathroom. Nightmare. You get you get a pee in a a, a, a you know a plastic catheter, right? yeah, yeah catheter. no no just oh. like a, a, a plastic bin. You're running a fever constantly. You can't eat anything. You can't go to the bathroom. It's wow. It's wicked, dude. So when did you realize? Okay, would you? Were there times during that process you're like, I'm you probably yeah, I understand. I'm not gonna be able to train. This is it. Yeah. What are you thinking about? What, am, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? What am I going to do the rest of my life? I just go to another job. I'll go work for the county. I'll, you know, I'll go, I'll go do something different. And uh, one of my friends during the time was like, hey, man, your mind needs to be stronger than your body right now because your body can't be strong. And I'm like, I know. I'm fucking weak as shit. <laughs> and he's like, your mind needs to be stronger than your body. And I'm like, he's right. So this is where I started like doing that black belt mindset thing, the program that I have where it's like, I wake up every fucking morning and I put on pumping iron or I put on some motivational thing and I'm in a lawn chair in my fucking living room, picking up two pound weights and doing this motion. It sounds funny to me now, but during that time, you know, you haven't, I haven't eaten in a fucking week. I'm dehydrated. I can't move my, my hips. I'm pumping iron. And all I'm thinking about is my, in my mind is like how strong I'm going to be, how good I feel, how much better I'm going to be. So I'm like priming myself for success later, even though my body is weak, I'm priming my mind and I did it mm. every fucking day. Yeah. I did it every day because what I was feeding my mind was telling my body. And that's when I started doing this whole like mental thing of black belt mindset and priming myself and setting myself up for success. Right. Because 
whether we know it or not, we're priming ourselves every single day. Every time you pick up your phone, every time you talk to somebody, every time you look at the news, every time you look at something, you're priming yourself for that thing. So I had to take my focus and put it on the positive of like how I'm going to make myself better and stronger. And I made myself better and stronger, no matter if I had a bad day or not. If I had a bad day, mm-hmm. I was like, and it's a fucking bad day. But I, I held a little bit of faith of like, all right, it was a fucking bad day. All good. I had a shitty day. I make it, you know, I, I do my best. And just tomorrow I get up and I fucking do it again. We talked on the last episode about the power of the secret. I don't know if you know, like the book, The Secret, yeah. you know, right? So um, just, I mean, it's, you become what you attract, right? You know, yeah. you know, you are a good person and a positive person. You're going to attract those people. If you're a negative person, you go, you're going to attract negative people that are going to feed that. Yeah, I knew I was right. That is shit. You know, right? Like you're just going to, right? those people usually tend to, to like form groups. So, I mean, essentially you positive thinking, right? You positive thinking, get your mind in the right place. And, you know, you set yourself on a path to, to success and to, to being that in the future. How long did it take before you were actually able to like really start to walk around? More than positive thinking because you know, I'm big on Tony Robbins. I don't know if any yeah. of your viewers are, but he will say the same thing. Positive thinking is bullshit. It's affirmations and you feel it in your body. When you go do jujitsu and you punch a bag, you do jujitsu, you're doing the affirmation of the movement and you're talking about it and you're okay. doing it. Okay. Thinking is just thinking. Okay. Okay. If you're thinking it and doing it, now it's in your body. Now yeah. you can feel it, right? Think about when you've made a move to do something, something drastic in your life. We all have. You felt confident because you could feel it. You're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this because I can feel it and I'm, I'm going to do it because I have like this little feeling, whether it's big or small. You're like, I, I know I have this feeling that I can do this thing or I can take that leap of faith. Like I have that tiny bit of feeling that like I'm going to make it work. Right? Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So you ha- it's more of a feeling, not the thinking, but the thinking can prime you for the feeling. Right? What you think and then you feel. Motion creates emotion. So when I'm moving my body or you mo- we're moving our body, we get we get like endorphins, right? We're like, oh, now I can start thinking better. Right. So we start thinking about like this is how people usually think about, and this relates completely to this. This is how people think about problems. Okay. People usually think um story. Story, um, strategy, state. That's how they usually figure out problems, right? Okay, I'm in my mind. What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, now I'm going to think about the strategy of how I'm going to do it, and then I'll change my state, okay? When we should be thinking about problems, state, uh, story, sorry, state, yeah, state, story, strategy. When you move your body, when we all work out, do you feel better after? Always. Are you thinking more clearly? Always. Do you have a better look on life? Always. Okay, so it goes state, you change your body, your state, your physical state, Mm -hmm. and then your story changes in your head, and then you can change your strategy. But you can't change your strategy with positive thinking unless you start moving your body and you start getting in a positive positive mood, right? Like, when's the last time you ever thought your way out of something? Like, completely just thought your way out of it. You're like, oh, yeah, I sat there for four hours and I thought my way out of it. No, not like a real world problem. When does it really happen? You're walking after jujitsu. You you had a good Mind workout. Mind is clear, and you're like, yeah, ah, exactly, right? yeah. exactly. Yeah. So your state, your story yeah. changes, yeah. and then your strategy can yeah. change. Uh, you know, we with jujitsu, like my coach is always talking about. Like, there's uh, we joke and we call it him now, but he's just like there's that little guy on your shoulder when like you're okay. It's time to get ready for jujitsu. Time to go, and it's like there's that little guy that's like I can miss today. 
Yeah. Right. Or, oh man, I just ate or like I'm sore from yesterday. And I call it, I'm like, as soon as I feel it, I go, Felipe's on my shoulder. I, I hear Felipe, like we, we have a joke. He always says, it's a choice. It's a choice you, to come in. You want to train? It's a choice. You make a choice. You make the choice to stay home. You make the choice. You know, that's on you. It's like a little bit of a guilt trip. So we like, there's my coach, little Felipe right there going, it's a choice, man. And you're like, fuck, man. And you start getting it. And you start, you know, I, I know for me, you know, it's uh, like, I think we've all seen like a meme about like a guy putting on his gi and then like, you feel like a warrior. Like, as soon as I, man, if I see myself, I put my rash guard on and I'm like, see myself in the bathroom and then I'm just like, all right, let's fucking rock. Like, I could be, I could be feeling really shitty, headache, stressful from the day, stress from the day. And as soon as I start getting ready, I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to fucking go to battle. Yeah. Now you have to get your mind in the right place too, because you're about to train and like, you sure. know, guys are going to try to choke you. You can't be in like, oh, let me, you know, you can't be, oh, that, that. It's what is it like? It's like a Pavlov's dogs, yeah. Right? With, with the, bell. the bell. For me, as soon as I grab my gi and my rash guard and I start putting stuff on, I'm like, okay, my it has to change. Mm-hmm. You have to. I could be having the worst day, and as soon as I start getting ready, I'm just like, all right, this is we're gonna fucking rock. And I and I do always know I relate that. I already know how I'm gonna feel in two hours. Yeah, I know how amazing I'm gonna feel, no matter how I feel going in. That I'm gonna feel so much better. The stress is going to be gone. My mind's working on problems when I don't even, this guy's trying to choke me, but my mind back here is working on a problem that I might have business or family mm-hmm. or whatever. And I come out and like, you so, like there's like such clarity. Correct. Right. in those things, right. It's like, it kind of like takes, it's like a windexing the brain. It's like, like let's get all mm-hmm. this bullshit out of the way, make everything clear. And then you come out of that. Right. Yeah. And we, even if you have a bad training session, there's those jokes about like driving all the way home with like the radio <laughs> off. Like, you know, even, even in those moments. So like there's such clarity, around your other problems. Yeah, you might have gotten your ass handed. You might have been the nail that day, but there's still so much clarity around it. Yeah. I know for me, that's how it works. I mean, it doesn't matter how good or bad the training was. I feel way better that I did it. Yes. And it's just like another notch. Because okay. you change your state, day. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your state changes and now yeah. your, your your story changes and now you can start changing your strategy on how you're thinking about that thing. So you get back. So, okay. <laughs> so post-surgery, you get back to, do you go right into opening a gym? Or do you go back to training? When, uh, when does it, your first gym come about? So probably about six or eight months after, <clears throat> starting to go around the corner. I'm like, okay, time to open up the gym. I'm starting to feel good. Uh, not like, you know, 100% good jumping up and down. You did like, not have a gym before the surgery? No. Okay. Nothing. Uh, so I borrowed $2,000 from my dad, put down uh, you know, the first month on this really shitty shopping center. <laughs> put down the first month because the landlord was like just give me first month and i'm like all right cool he drew (laughs) up a 12-month contract uh we signed it and then i put the mats in and put a credit card down put in the mats and uh that was it and you're off and then we were off it wasn't it wasn't smooth off but i was off yeah yeah what's going on down here now are you you actively searching for a spot looking for a place where where are you going to be are you going to stay in boca or i think i think there's a spot in actually in coral springs i'm sorry i keep on saying boca because i think we when we originally spoke yeah you said you were moving to boca correct okay so that's what i had in my mind so say coral springs so where do you think you're going to be you're going to try to be out close to the house close to close to parkland yeah yeah Yeah. there's nothing really up by there's no jujitsu though yeah because commercial real estate is so scarce there's nothing over there. And then open. it's expensive. And it's expensive. And then Parkland's expensive. But there's nothing actually in Parkland itself. Because, you know, as you know, a commercial in Parkland is only that one little spot. But then everything on the outskirts and their wilds and everything else, that's where there's opportunity. But nobody has anything, in my opinion, that is really catering to everybody. Sure. I mean, a lot of the, yeah. When you say everybody, you mean like different disciplines? 
different disciplines, but also no gi. Okay. I, I, I've, like, I've researched, I've went to different gyms, I've talked to people, they maybe do one gi one day a week, no gi one day a week. Nobody else does striking, nobody else does combatives, nobody else does street week. Yeah, I think like everything's American Top Team has the, um, the monopoly, or I shouldn't say, they had the monopoly pre-COVID at the HQ. Yeah. Because you had amateurs could go in, kids that a kids program, oh, amateur wow. program, right? That stopped. Okay. During COVID, they never went back to ah, opening up to the public. That's a problem. So now that that definitely changed in the area. And again, for our area, you're talking about Coconut Creek, Coral mm -hmm. Springs, right? Parkland, Parkland right? Yeah. There is, uh, there you, you have to go. Uh, I think a lot further north and south to find anybody that's mixing everything up. Correct. That's got you know, you know, programs that you know, introduce kids to, you know, uh, you know, we jujitsu, I always say we're, we're, we're super bougie. Um, we, we think it's like the best martial art, like yeah. people that just do jujitsu. I do my first gym, you know, we were doing Muay Thai, we were doing stand up, we were doing MMA days, you know, gloves on a little ground and pound. We took it easy on the ground. It's like, once you get to the ground, okay, now work on your jujitsu a little less, you know, ground and pound. But, um, Hey Bo, are you looking for the bathroom? <laughs> No. Okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so like, you know, my first, so I, I came from that environment and then when I left my that gym closed, I, I found another gym and we're jujitsu specific. Now I don't, I, I do miss, you know, kind of the stand up side of things, but I'm also at 50, like getting hit in the face, coming out with a black eye or, you know, sure. just fucking, you know, to have to be running a business and talking to clients online yeah. and you got a fucking black guy. I, you know, I could do without that, although I do miss it. But I've always had like a punching bag that I just hit on my own for like mm -hmm. exercise. I'm not trying to go train to be in the cage, yeah, you know, just doing it for myself, for the exercise, self-defense. But I do, I miss that. But there, you're right that there's not a lot of that, not in this, like these three, four towns in this yeah. area. You have to go like down Davie, Sunrise, yeah. the, the, like a lot of American top teams that are spread out. They'll, you know, they do their stand-up programs. I think they opened, yeah. um, there's an American top team in... There's one that opened, that's not Deerfield, there's already one in Deerfield. I believe there's one that opened like Coconut Creek or Coral Springs, mm -hmm. right? Chris Coconut was saying, Creek. Yeah. Okay. yeah, there's one in like Creek now that was like, okay, we're not taking any more, we're not doing, you know, anything open to the public mm -hmm. anymore. And then they opened that gym. I think they specifically like, hey, bro, like open a gym. Got like they, they had a guy, I don't, I don't know his name, but so now there's an American top team that I believe is doing like all of those things. Yeah. So yeah, so like I know like uh, down in Sunrise, Robert Crawl, mm -hmm. um, he was just you know at this last UFC, I forget who's his fighter, I forget who his fighter is. He had a uh, he had some young kid that's uh, that was I think on the prelims. Um, he's got an American top team location. I think he's American top team Sunrise. Okay, even like he's moved around from David, but I think it's always been called Sunrise. Uh, so like you know he's part of American top team, but he has a place where he's you know he's at the cage and gym. His son fought, um, but he's like you know. Big, I don't know. Do you know Rod, Roger Crawl? No. Yeah, but like uh, he does a lot of the stand up for for American Top Team, nice. and I know like he's a you know he trains 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 guys at HQ as well. But like yeah, I mean that's like you gotta you gotta you gotta find it. Yeah, you, you gotta know, know you gotta where to put it. it. I know there's A and M. My buddy runs a jujitsu program there. It's the old Sanford MMA down here in, in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And uh, and but it's kind of like uh, you rent the mat. Like he rents the mat for his jujitsu. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got something going on. I don't know if he's going to be taking it over completely, but then like a then another company, another mm -hmm. guy comes in and does like the stand-up side. So then there's like, he gets off the mat, you know, with his guys in, and he might have just a whole different class, a whole bunch of different students that don't do jujitsu that come and do stand-up, <clears throat> or like pros that, uh, uh, you know, most people know the place. It's um, 
It's like a golf karting place right off of 95. Okay. Called Extreme Action Park, but it's a big, huge. I know uh, where it is. Right. Yeah. So down there, it used to be like uh, something 360 and Sanford MMA. Um, but like people know, like they go there. The Arte Suaves are there. So if you go to the back, like you have to walk. You don't walk through his gym, but if you go through the karting place to the back, there's a basketball court behind the gym. It's like mm-hmm. a huge warehouse. So it's like jujitsu in the front, mats in the front bags then like a huge like it looks like a football field where people come in like football players come in and train like you can, mm-hmm. a trainer can come in and train his one guy yep. there's weights in there and in the back there's a big freaking like uh, basketball gym and that's wow. where they do like arte suaves in some of the the tournaments oh wow uh, right there in the back of, of that gym so he doesn't own that but like he does his jiu-jitsu classes on the mats but that that's what that place is but that's like another place where like there's a mix of everything yeah but it's still like different schools doing it. It's different coaches, different schools. It's not like mm-hmm. one company. Now, Drew might have something going on. I saw him posting like something's coming soon. Yeah. Like they're expanding or, or something's, I think he might even be changing his name. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like so there's, I, like I know those places, but I don't know a lot of others besides those that do, unless you go up to like West Palm Beach or further south. Right. You know, so there's, you know, there's a niche to be filled. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And you, and I what was it like your nickname like the striking wizard right I think I put it on your first one striking wizard I think uh, what did I, I saw it on your Instagram uh-huh. but it was like striking wizard where yeah. did that come from Is that uh, your own nickname is that like, like some yeah my my own nickname when I was in the boxing gym it was the vice the vice the vice Vinch the vice Vinch yeah. Charlie the vice Vinch yeah and the the guys used to have a joke the um the the kids in the inner city used to have a joke they used to be like. Uh, yeah, for for uh, for this dude, you're gonna need a gun for this guy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Christian, you want to spar a little bit later? Yeah. You... <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah, you good? After last night. Yeah. yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool. I know, I'm I know how to control it though. You right? Like yeah. so. Back to the niche thing of opening up the gym. You just said, hey, I don't want to go to striking class because I don't want my face beat up. Hmm. I think that most of the gyms just take the wrong approach into training people. Right. They, they, they think that everybody wants to be a fighter and then they try to train everybody like a fighter. And then that's how they lose retention. Uh, and, but that's also how you can lose a great martial artist. Right. Because we talked about in the last podcast, jujitsu and MMA are the only sports where people think that they can go zero to a hundred in two weeks. Right. It's the only sport where people think in jujitsu world who own businesses, who are bad at running business, in my opinion, think that people need to be learning in this advanced way so fast, and then they're ready to spar in like a month or two weeks. Maybe some people are, but the majority of people are not, right? If you wanted to become an Olympic boxer, and you wanted to learn boxing, and you went into Freddie Roach's gym, how fast do you think that he would put you in the ring with the professional boxer? Not fast at all. Okay. Right? You're going you're right. to be training for months if not years before you really get in there with somebody he's serious. gonna have you skipping rope and doing footwork and yeah. learning the punch in the mirror before you even probably hit pads with anybody right sure so why is it any different in the jujitsu world we, we think we're like this big exception <clears throat> yeah i mean i think like lots of places or the smart places have a competition class either right? advanced or, yeah, competition. or competition, yeah. Those Correct. are kind of interchangeable, I, I think. Correct. So, uh, like, my school does that. Smart. Yeah, you know, like, like Friday is just like, I was watching a text uh, chain. They're doing some morning classes now, and it's just like, listen, this is advanced drilling. And it was a blue belt, and it was just like, this is advanced drilling for people who want to compete. It's mm-hmm. so like, we've they, they're adding slowly. It's funny, like, my uh, my coach, as his son gets older, I think it's like, uh, uh, he's 16 now. He's a coach there, you know, so I think... Uh, 
the, as he's getting a little bit older, you know, like he can be there. He has guys coming in now to train him and he does a lot of competing. So I'm not saying like he's running the class or anything like that, but it's changed as the system is getting older. We have a lot of the kids that have been there for 10 years, longer mm-hmm. than I've been with oh my, my coach that are now adults, like, you know, started at six or seven and they're sure. 17, 18. Yeah. They've been training 10 years and I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, training with these guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, a good school, I think, you know, has those distinctions, has, you know, they have those lines. And then it's just like, hey, white belt, look, this is an advanced class. You can come in. You got the drive to do it, but know that this is about competing or know that this is advanced technique. I actually but would, not everybody I does do that. I wouldn't even, I don't even let, if I'm, so if we have two different classes, I'm not even letting the, the white belt come into the advanced class. It's just, yeah. it's confusing them. You know, they can watch, but to do class, just... You know, it doesn't make sense. I mean, okay. they need to be in the basics class. They need to get it really good. They can do positional sparring there. They can even, uh, you know, unless there's an example of they have a wrestling background. Or Now we make an exception. We're talking about everyday person. They've never done anything yeah. like that. And we talked about it in the last podcast. I know that was controversial for but, some people. I'm quitting oh, if yeah, I can't oh, roll yeah, in yeah, the first month. The, yeah, yeah. I quit. Yeah. All right, cool. Then we're not the school for you. Yeah, I, that's what I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I remember no that. I put out that clip. Yeah, we're, we're not the school. I'm not the school for you. Then there's a place down the street. They'll be happy to, you know, put you in the mix. You'll last a couple months and then you'll quit. But that's part of it. Like you have to find a gym. You are paying. You are the student. Amen. You have to find the gym that is right for you. Correct. And you also, as a gym owner, get to say, we're not the right gym for you, right? Like Correct. if you have a student that's in there, just fucking like trying to throw flying arm bars on the new white, on the trial maniac. guy or or in your case if they're doing striking you know knocking so trying to knock some new guy's head off or fighting hard with a girl Ugh, you know we had that right? incident you know i listen i remember i remember being in a place where i was learning muay thai the very first gym i went to before i was even doing jiu-jitsu i did muay thai they had a ring and I went in the ring and we were supposed to be doing some light sparring and there was a couple of guys that were amateur were amateur fighters they were uh-huh. they were there to fight that was their job they were training and this fucking guy gave me an uppercut and the fucking coach was like stop like i didn't even get to react i had like rang my bell like stars little birdies Yikes. you know it's like what just happened here i'm thinking you know, at least my 50% and his 50% were not the same, right? Correct. So I've, I've, I've been in that situation, and, and that guy kind of got in trouble. He's like, dude, look, first of all, you know, I kind of always looked a little bit younger. I'm in my 40s. This guy's like in his 20s. Yeah. He's trying to take my head off, but, you know, he's just – I kind of think the guy was just an asshole. He was trying to take advantage of the situation. Like, I'm just going to fucking knock these guys around, you know? But I think, you know, if you have a good coach – I've heard you talk about this. If you have yeah. a good coach, he's going to – he's not even going to – put anybody in those positions don't you no no no, no. you're not fighting yeah. this guy over here you're going over here you're going over here yeah you guys i should not have been in the ring with somebody who's training who wants to go pro yeah not at not at you know in, in my 40s and the coach of the gym their responsibility is to make sure everybody's protected making sure that they're advancing and making sure that they're, they're progressing right that's the the yes other people when you're an adult you should also take that upon yourself but the coach should be aware of the whole room of what's going of kind of the vibe and who's who and what's what like you have to be responsible for that if you are not you're just being lazy in my opinion you're just being lazy so yeah i wouldn't let that matchup happen and also you know if you you came to the gym and you wanted to do striking and make sure that you know you weren't going to spar right away you get your hands really good first and then you can do positional sparring then you can do just jabs and then you can you know, when you feel comfortable, ramp it up. If you don't want to ramp it up, we'll make sure that you, you know, you partner with somebody where you can still excel 
without punching 100%. You're not getting ready for the UFC, are you? No. <laughs> the other person in the gym probably isn't either. So the, the, plenty of the best striking coaches who I've ever you know trained with say there's no point of going 100% unless you're going to be fighting. Gotcha. I like, agree. There's... You could you could even argue and say, yeah, but you need to go 100% to see what it's like to get punched and move. Hard. Yeah, all right, cool. You wanna you wanna do it? Have at it. But I don't think that there's anything that you're gonna actually benefit from in the long run by going 100% with somebody else who also doesn't know how to control themselves either. Besides, maybe you say, hey, I got some real world experience there. Okay, cool. I mean, you could have gotten it the same way without punching 100% too. Right. People are like, oh, you got to know what it's like to get punched hard. I already know what it's like to get punched hard plenty of times. And I'll tell you from experience, uh, you can't toughen your brain up or your chin by getting punched harder over time. It, it actually it, it, it actually it, diminishes. It always has to start, though. Like, I, I think I don't own a gym. I've been in coaching situations on both sides. <clears throat> it has to begin with what are that student and their goals? Uh, amen. Right. We talked about the last you podcast. Know, yeah. It, it you have to start from there. What are your goals? There has to be a conversation. What are you here for? Yep. Because I've absolutely told people that have asked me about jujitsu, or like, oh, I want you know younger people. I want to fight. Or like, somebody has kids. I tell them find a good pro, find a good school. My school is really great with kids. If you're in my area, come to my school. If you're not in my area. Find a school that has a good bullying program. They have some type of like bully. Anti-bullying. Yeah, anti-bullying, bull, you know, bulletproof, like Gracie's had the bulletproof yeah. program. I don't know if they still run bulletproof. under that same name. Yeah. But like find a school that that does that. Like why why you want to get little Johnny into into, you know, jujitsu or martial arts. Oh, he's getting bullied. Or hey, he's active. He's, you know, a good school with a good bullying bullying Amen. anti-bullying program is a great start for adults, you know. Um, and I'll, like teens to adults, if they're they're again, they think that they want to fight. I go listen, go check out American Top Team of the Red. Yeah, know, back when it was when you, when they would you know take in uh, you know people off the street before it was uh, you know just all pro with the HQ. Um, I'd be like ATT. Yeah, you want because you're going to get a real taste of whether or not you could do this yeah. pretty quickly. Do you want to do you it are, or not? Yeah, you are going to be you know getting it. Oh, you oh you want to fight, and they probably are <clears> going to throw you in with somebody who's going to kind of you know you know. Tune you up. Yeah, tune you up a little bit and then and you're gonna find out if you really want to do this. So they're gonna to try to figure out if you really have the you know the balls for this. Sure. You know? Um but yeah, it definitely starts there and you gotta figure it out. I mean, I've always called myself a hobbyist. I don't some people are like, you shouldn't call yourself a hobby. I'm a hobby. I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this for competition, mm -hmm. which I I've done some com I competed at the lower belts. Um might maybe want to compete. Like I've if I retire or I hand my company over to my daughter, like, and I have more time and I can really put in what I believe it takes today to compete. Yeah. You know, when you're, you know, especially like on the cusp of black belt now, you know, you're master, I guess I'd be like, I might, it's, it's over 50. Is that executive? What's what over 50 is what I, I is thought it, like, it, I thought it, I thought it was like over it, 52 or something. Was okay. executive. So like, you know, if masters or executive, but you get into the, at black belt. I'm a new black belt. There are black belts that have been there for a decade. Correct. You know, even longer, right? 20 years at black belt. So it's just like, that's a whole different beast that you have to think about. So you have to really be on point, not only technique, strength, cardio, like you have to have oh, everything, right. even if you want to compete at an amateur level, because you could go into one of these, uh, one of these competitions and be fighting somebody who is a competitor, right? Like IBJJF, new breed. There's no distinction between look at uh, Demetrius Johnson, right? He just yeah. won. He just won the IBJJF yeah. uh, Masters in, uh, yeah. in in Vegas. I saw that. 
But I'm sure that there were guys that showed up, and, and maybe they saw him on the, you know, that he signed yeah. up. But there are guys that showed up and were like, "I'm I'm a hobbyist. I have I'm a uh -huh. lawyer, doctor, dentist, uh -huh. garbage man during the day. Yeah, I train three to five times yeah. a week, and I show up and I'm going to fight yeah. a world champion, or yeah. you know, the one FC world champion. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. and fight that. Like that's like." I think that that's ridiculous. I think there needs to be some, like, if you're a pro, you're a pro, you're yeah. fighting here. But the fact that you can show up, you can be an amateur hobbyist fighting. I think some people like that. Like Miguel, my old, you know, our, my old co-host, uh, who's yeah. going to be back next week, by the nice. way. Um, you know, he could, no, man. I, I, I think that's that's great that I can go out there and fight, and fight some guy that was in the UFC or he currently. Yeah. Good for him. I just, I think that, uh, that it's, like, it's like, I think that's a little crazy. For the average hobbyist, I think that winds up being like a little bit of a, de a deterrent for them to to maybe fight again so or to show up. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. agree. You agree? No, I agree. I agree. I think that there should be a distinction between yeah. like you're a pro, you're a pro, you're over here. This is the pro side of IBJJF, even at that tournament. Yeah. And then this is the but then you know what what constitutes a hobbyist and what constitutes somebody who's a pro? Like Correct. you know, is doing lots of tournaments make you a pro? You know, or is it like if you're in an organization, do you, if you get paid by an organization, okay, is that the, now you're a pro? Sure. You know, so I, it's just, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird. Not that I, I don't, I don't compete post heart. I had a heart attack, you know, right. We talked about that. I had a heart attack like seven, six, seven years ago after I competed once after that. And I was mm -hmm. like, Ooh, this is different. Like my okay. cardio just wasn't in the same. My heart uh -huh. rate was like going up really fast. It's not like that anymore. Um, so now I'm like, Oh, maybe I could, but then again, and now it's like. Okay, higher level. You're starting at a higher level. If I go in and I'm competing at black belt, it's like again, you know, you're not that it's not that it's a scary prospect. It's just like you're going in knowing like you're at a complete disadvantage to sure. somebody who's been training 20 years. So it's of just course. like, am I just their their grappling dummy at this point? Um, I got, I feel like I'm a realist in that. I know I've talked to some people who've been like, fuck that, I'll fight anybody. And I'm yeah. like, uh, I know that's great. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you probably you know, I want to go in there and ha I want to I want to go up against somebody. I want to be matched equally. Yeah. Weight, uh, experience. Now, I don't care about how much they train. Like, match me at with somebody at Brown Belt or blah, 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 whatever. Let's just say Brown Belt. I'm still a Brown Belt. So let's match me up with somebody at Brown Belt who's my weight, my age, yeah. with my experience. Right? Um, I think that that's what I'm looking for. And I just don't think that the, a lot of the organizations have that as much anymore. Anytime I've done a new breed, everyone was half my age. My first new breed at White Belt, everyone was half my age. Now, I de even at that time, they're talking about nine years ago, I always looked younger than than I was. Mm -hmm. So nobody realized that I was older than them. But these guys were in their twenties. Yeah, in, in my mind, that's a, yeah. a disadvantage on your end, <laughs> twenty year old. So the yeah, these guys, you know, <clears throat> but I, I I double golded my first one at God White bless. Belt. So that was nice. I was then I was just like, oh, this is great. I'm I'm awesome at yeah. jiu jitsu. Uh, then at blue, I competed a couple of times. I, I, I golded, I got a golden. That's like, I mean, I like not a ton of competing, but it was always when the new breeds came to Coral Springs, mm -hmm. I would do the new breeds. Uh, got a, another gold at blue, purple, clock cleaned. That was post heart attack. It was, I always said that I was going to compete at very least once at every belt. Mm -hmm. And when I got the purple, that was like post heart attack. And I was, I was yeah. like, I can do it. I'm, I'm feeling better. Uh, wasn't the case. Got out there, man. I was just like so tired immediately. And it wasn't like I screwed something up. It was just like that heart yeah. like just starts pumping or at that time started pumping like really, really super yeah. fast. And now I'm thinking about my heart. Like, am I about to have another heart attack or is it like right. just, you know, so I couldn't, 
I couldn't do it. And then I just didn't. I hadn't competed again. Then blew out the knee, COVID, blah, blah, blah. Excuse, excuse, excuse. But, you know, <laughs> insert excuse here. So I do, I, I feel like I want to do it, but it's got to be where I can really prepare. Sure. And has to I be your goal. Yeah. It, yeah. I, yeah. You know, and I get like some people are like, oh, fuck it. I train three days a week and I, I go do them and I'm win or lose. I'm great. And I'm just like, that's not I, you. I, I went, but I, I went through that in the beginning. I did that in the beginning. I'm with you. And now at a higher level, I'm like, no, you know, this is a different level. This is, you know, heel hooks and, you know, knee bars and, you know, there's just, there's so much more that you can, that there's so much more at stake and so much more that you can do in a, in a no gi match or even yeah. in a, you know, just at a higher level. It's a different game, and you've got to be on point in all aspects you, of, of you the wanna game. Be, you you want to be fully prepared to do this endeavor if this is going to yeah. be the thing you're going to yeah, do, yeah. and you don't want to be like, I half-assed it. You're like me. When I do something, I open up a gym, or I'm going to put my energy into something, I don't do like, oh, I'm just kind of kind of do it. You're, you're kind of yeah. like me. Like, I got to go in 100% on this. Yeah. I got to make sure that this is in line, this is in line. And if it's not, it's just it's just not worth it. You know, yeah. it's, goal, it's your goal, right? If it's yeah. back to be your goal, you're gonna make sure you're hitting everything on point. I, I again, I I want to compete. I feel like I think I need to, like I don't I don't think I could be a three. I'm not right now, but I, you know at times I've been a three day a week guy. I don't think that I can go in, be successful, be in the shape that I need to be in to train in jujitsu one hour a day, mm-hmm. three times a week. I think it requires way more than that in this environment. <clears throat> even when you're talking about amateur jujitsu tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that are mixed in with people that might be fighting in other organizations, right? So I just not shitting. I have shit on on competing a little bit in the past, but it's not. I'm not necessarily shitting on it. Like it's horrible. I think that it could be cleaned up a little bit. Like I'm not a big fan of the steroids, and I'm not. You know, yeah, like yeah. now you're talking about it's a whole different piece. I remember when I went to the new breeds in the beginning, it was just like there wasn't hardly anybody there. Yeah. And now this fuck it's packed and oh, you're seeing that. like all the coaches and all the gym owners and now they're giving out team yeah. trophies and all that stuff. Like it's changed. Like it's it's serious, even on at a, the new breed level, you know. Completely yeah, the different. So like I've Completely been down to the, my, the Miami Open. It is they're, nuts. they're well they're well run. They're well run and people are prepared. You know, oh, and I dude, feel like I need to they're prepared. Yeah. Like you said, you want to be hitting on all cylinders. My first grappling match, you can pull it up on YouTube, is in a boxing ring in New York City. That yeah. was my first. It was called uh, Masters of the Mat with uh, Carmine a, tor- a tournament or yeah. just no, like, a, like, a, like a, a super fight match? It was, a, it was a tournament. Yeah. So if you go on YouTube and you put in my name, you can see my, my I think I had three matches or two matches that day. We were 30 pounds difference. And then we did a super fight at the end. And it was in a boxing ring in New York City. At, uh, Carmine Zucci, the guy's name is. Uh, there it is right yeah, yeah. there. And... Uh, I mean, like, what happens if we fall out of the ring? Then I hit my head on the pavement, and it was just like we're grappling on like the, the pride. Bottom. This is like pride fighting days, right? Uh, I mean, but I mean, that was it was MMA. Yeah, I was 19 there, so uh, we're going over 20 years ago, and I remember just hitting the ground Ooh. and being like, "Man, this thing is stiff," and there's like a the, bunch of people there. It's, I mean, it's like yeah, it feels yeah. like this. It's like, yeah. and it's like it's the. Uh, it's Did you like, win that match? I don't know if yeah, you'll be able to watch yeah. the whole thing. No, How long I, is I, tri- it? I triangled them. Yeah. Yeah. I triangled this dude. Watch. I'm gonna jump my legs up in a sec. Oh, got him. I'm hook his leg. I'm gonna put him out. Hook the leg. Nice. This is over 20 years ago, right? So, listen. That guy I was grappling was probably grappling as much as me, right? Like, yeah. Uh, but now we've, like you said, we're at this whole new level of like people are taking it more serious, right? People are. 
more into it. Whereas then it was like, I was a, a teenager. I was going as much as I could. And they said, there's this tournament. So it was kind of more evenly killed. But now you still have your hobbyist who are going up against people who are like, no, I'm going to dedicate my whole life to this. And it's like, be prepared. Like if that's what you're going to do, be prepared to maybe be outworked by somebody who just is more dedicated to it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if I, if I feel like if I could, I mean, if I, I, I'm saying that I'm almost like, stop being a bitch. Um, I just feel like I really do want to, if I, if I go in, I want to be evenly matched. Yeah. And the, the main thing though, is the age. There are no, when I was going to the new breed again, I don't know about it. I never did an IBJJF. I would always do the new breeds. It was here. It was just like, oh, let me go locally. It's right here. Yeah. That was my level of, of commitment at the time of what I wanted. It's here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to work tomorrow. Um, there was never anybody my age. I always went in with just you have to. grouped me in. So like but, my I might be heavier. Like my weight might have been heavier, but they were putting me with guys. Right. So I was like, again, I I would love to do it if I I I haven't had the experience where I am fighting people my age. Yeah. I think I did one fight. With a guy my age, totally the entire time, right? It's, you know, so it's, it's like, unmatched. No, it's yeah. unmatched. We've said yeah. that with my coach. Yeah. So my coach uh, right now that runs the school in New Jersey, he did the IBJ, or he's he was going to do the IBJF, but he blew his knee out right beforehand. But he, same thing happened to him. You know, he's like, he's like, dude, you know, I didn't do the, that good that match. I was like, dude, you're going against a 20 year old who wrestled in college. You know, he's been doing this, you know, jujitsu for a while now. Like, you're you're almost 50. Like. <laughs> Why did you think that, that you were going to totally outclass a 20-year-old who wrestled Division One, who's been doing jiu-jitsu for the past you know, five or seven years? Yeah. It's mismatched. Now, In my I, mind, it is mismatched. I give a lot of credit to somebody like, uh, this is this Facebook guy that's uh, that's fighting now. What's Facebook guy's name? Uh, who's uh, the owner of Facebook? Who started Facebook? What's his name? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Zuckerberg. For him to go out there knowing that half of the population hates him. Yeah. Right, you could just pretty much like put a line down the middle. Yeah, half the population hates him, half the people love him. But to walk out there in a jujitsu, I mean, may, did he use his real name when he signed up? I don't know. But to like that's balls to walk out there knowing that people already don't like you. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's you know you got a fifty fifty shot that the guy already doesn't like you because you know he has his views about Facebook whatever. and politics and whatever. And then to go out there and if you suck, you're immediately a meme. Yeah. Right. Somebody's recording, and now you're the the you know yep. the, the meme and whatever they're gonna. And you know, I mean, I don't I don't see it in my feed. People gave him props. I, I do. Mean, he did well, right? He like he gave him props. It's, you know, it's balls for getting out there. It's, it's balls for for getting out there and even trying. And uh, now this whole what do you think about this whole like Elon Zuckerberg? I don't think this is ever gonna happen. People uh, are like, oh yeah, it's happening. UFC uh, is gonna be on Fight Pass. I don't, I don't think, think it ever happens. I don't think it's either. I don't think it ever happens. I don't think it happens because I don't think the risk reward, the risk of losing and becoming the joke, right? You lose in a bad way. Credibility in some sense. Yeah, right. Now, you know, like if he was to like Elon shits the bed and just looks like shit. Mm-hmm. Now you're a fucking meme. Mm -hmm. Now you know. Now it's just like people think you're a joke, and I think that it does. Like it's a PR. It's a PR nightmare for him and the company. So I don't think it. I don't think it's worth the risk. There's no on the reward side. What's the reward? I beat up the Facebook guy. Yes, for Elon and for so if it, if it does happen, right? If it does happen, it's really about both of their egos internally. 
nothing. It really doesn't have to do with. I mean, I don't think the public's view of that, that one of them winning would sway their net worth at all. Mm. It would just become memes. And, you know, guys like that really don't give a shit what a lot of people think anyway, because they're doing stuff that yeah. you know, they could care less. So I think it really is more about if it does happen or if this is really real, it's more about both of their egos. Of, yeah. I just don't like you as a person and I just want to beat you because I have this primal thing in me and yeah. I want to see you lose. I think that, that so it's kind of like that. If they do, if they did fight, who do you think wins? I'd like Elon to win, but Zuckerberg, I think will win. I just think, yeah. uh, MMA fight or jujitsu match? Either. Okay. Which how one? How long do they have to prepare? Um, would a hypothetical, like let's say they have six months, right? Well, an average fighter is going to have 12 weeks to prepare okay. for a fight. So let's say 12 weeks, three months. Zuckerberg, if they have six months or more and Elon knows what's going on, I think that he's smart enough to up his skills in some way, shape or form. And he's very crafty yeah. to make it very competitive. Yeah. Like, but right now, if they're just step, I, I mean, Zuckerberg all the way. I think you know, Zuckerberg younger. And as far as we know, I mean, he's been training for some time. Like he trained before it became public, right? So he Correct. was training and then now we know that he's training and then he started doing the tournaments. I just think that he's put a little bit more into it. Yeah. I think again, he's younger, uh, feels like he's very much focused mm -hmm. on, on learning and doing better. And sure. you know, now you see these guys like, uh, you got Musumeci. Yeah, with he's Zuckerberg, with, with right? Zuckerberg, yeah. Zuckerberg, and then you got like Lex. Yeah, and I guess he's Saint Pierre, Saint Pierre, right? Danner, the yeah. Danner squad. So like, you got those like that line down the middle, right? So I, it, you know, in a, in he's got a smart team on the side. Elon's yeah, got a smart team, man. It would be it would be fun. I definitely be fun to watch. I would watch it. I'd pay for the I'd pay for the pay per view. It'd be the I just don't think it ever. I just don't think it ever happens. I don't think even though like if you say you know let's do it for charity. Yeah. I just don't think that it ever yeah, happens again because of the because of the PR side of it. It's like you have, there's not a lot of upside for you. There's not a lot to gain other than again, the memes, the positive memes that for the guy that wins versus, you know, as soon as somebody comes out and they start fucking flailing around and like you know the skill goes out the door, <laughs> like that's just a fucking meme. And and again, now you, you just. Do you care? Like you said, you know. I don't think they Oh, care. is the billionaire fucking watching all the shit that's being posted around him? I don't know. You know, maybe. You know, owns Twitter or X, whatever the hell it's called now, right? I, I think if it were up to both of them, and uh, I have so many thoughts about it. I think if it was up to both of them and they could fight in private. Okay. And not even televise it. I think Elon would definitely do it. Maybe he, just train together. Like, have a training heard, session together. You heard the thing. Like, Elon said he's going to go to Zuckerberg's house. Did he really say that? He said something. He was like, <laughs> he was like I'm going to go. He's like, I'm going to go to your house, and I'm going to knock on your door, and we're going to fight, like, in the front yard or something. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. He's mad. He's like, pulling a Tyson. I'm going to eat your babies. Yeah. Maybe he's just trying to do it for an intimidating factor. Or maybe he really just doesn't like the guy, and he just wants to hurt him. You know, like, there is a, a primal part of us that. You know, it is hard to erase, you know, like when you're really mad about something or you have like a thing for somebody, you know? Yeah. I think that uh, as much as we want to be, um, you know, refined human beings, certain parts come out of us that, uh, you know, sometimes yeah. we're like, whoops. I I'm Team Zuckerberg and it goes back to, I think, you know, from a practical perspective, it's just like younger 
looks like he's been training longer. Sure. I think he, sure. I think he can beat him just like on the you looking at skill level. But I loved when he posted send location. Do you remember, <laughs> like right? It, to, to people that didn't know, that didn't understand that, they right. just didn't understand that it was like send location. Okay, ah, I get it. Like hey, yeah, he'll yeah. fight him anywhere. Send the location. But the fact that that was like a reference to Khabib. Yeah, to Khabib. And in, if he did it, especially if he came up with that himself yeah. and not like some PR guy that runs his social media. Yeah. The fact that he posted that, just like his MMA IQ, like for me, was like went up and I was just mm -hmm. like, ah, that that was like the best meme that, ever that the guy, you know, like in Facebook, it's just the Facebook guy is like, lev like send mm -hmm. location to another man because he wants to fight him. As soon as I saw that, I was just like, okay, I'm Team Zuckerberg. On You're this. Team Zuckerberg. What if yeah. Elon gets like a chip and puts it in his brain, <laughs> yeah. and he starts downloading. Down, like seriously, <laughs> he has something with pigs that he puts in there. What if he down? What if he gets some? That's what I'm saying. You're I talking mean, about like, uh, was it the the Matrix? Almost like the Matrix, dude, right? Like he downloads jujitsu. He, he downloads. Yeah. I mean, that could be. I'm not going to put anything past Elon, right? Yeah. Like I would never put past like that. He would. Elon is the kind of person. That when he does something, kind of like when we talked about yeah, when, yeah. He, when he sets out to do something, he seems like the type of person who's like, I'm going to fucking win. Like, I'm it not consumes do, him. It can, I am not going to have everything this. into it. Yeah. I am going to make sure that I win and I'm going to find out a way to do it and make you wrong. Yeah. So I think if he were to actually take it on, he would figure out something, some way to absorb, <laughs> absorb sort of knowledge I get it. I, from I agree. John and I agree. everybody. And, you know, I agree, man. hundred yeah. percent. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, get into a couple of these listener questions. Oh, I have some too. If you, uh, I, I got the ones that you sent me. I, got, I, I have I, more. You have a few more. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do three so that we don't run too long on time. Sure. So I'm gonna I'll, only, I'll do one. You do one. Do two. I don't care. Whatever. It sure. So um, we talked about injuries. So we have Miguel Sarah asks best ways to prevent or limit injuries from the guy that was talking about hip replacements and, okay. and resurfacing um the best way to limit or wait one second here i want to make sure I, I do this right for the next one oh these are all from miguel i have some other ones here okay so best way to prevent or limit injuries i i, I read something on on uh Instagram here the other day from like maybe it was like a performance doctor or somebody who's in the 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 uh, phys physical kind of realm. I don't think there's any way to completely prevent in injury injuries. I think they can just happen at any time. I guess the the best way would be just be smart about who you train with and yeah. know the intensity of what you train and uh, know that injuries can can happen. I don't think there's any way to just yeah. to not have injuries. I think a, w a good way to get injuries is to train stupid, to train 100% all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I, I've mentioned this before, my coach, when we when we're uh, pairing up to spar or even to drill, he'll yell out, grab somebody that makes sense. Yeah. Right? So it's not like the, the you know, the 300-pound white belt is fighting the you know a girl or you know yeah. or, or a, you know the the blue belt teenager who's one sixty five like that just doesn't make sense correct and like he definitely like will switch us up and be like well, no 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 like yeah, yeah. no 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 <clears throat> go over here yep. you over here milk there milk grab this guy you know like smart and we do that but I think that definitely helps but I mean it, I rolled with a guy this weekend he was a, a he's a friend of mine a new friend we're like business associates we're in the same uh, business group. And uh, turned out he, you know, he uh, he, uh, ex-marine teaches combatives and is is doing some things 
in that realm in, in as a civilian now. And he's a blue belt. Cool. So easily 265, 275. Crazy, 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 we're we're rolling, and I I say to him, the coach says, guys, first one flow roll, no strength, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, flow roll, you good, right? He's like, yeah, 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 I can flow, but like, went at it. I'm ah. like, maybe his fifty percent is you know my hunt one hundred percent. He went at it hard. I rolled with him a second time. I had him in a lockdown. He put his head right here at the bottom of my sternum. sternum, and he was just pushing pressure, and all of a sudden I hear. On your sternum. On my sternum. Oh. I hear pop. And I go, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, was that sound your head or my, did I just pop a rib? I don't even, I, there's not a lot of pain there or yeah. anything, but something popped. Somebody told me that like you can actually crack those, like yep. uh, I guess like cracking your knuckles. Mm-hmm. Loudest pop I ever heard. I'm like, what the? Any pain? Not now. Th- uh, then? No, not really. No, right, no, 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 no. I don't have any pain. So he didn't break a rib. Um, but point being, that guy, like, there weren't a lot of big guys, and it was funny because he was like rolling with other people. I'm like, oh, guys, this guy's gonna hurt somebody here today. Because again, <laughs> we're saying let's roll, let's let's flow. Yeah. Then he really went at it. Now, n- new environment for him. He hadn't trained in a while. Yeah. He's definitely like, out of breath early. So, big dude, big freaking like six four. Oh shit! Dude, yeah, big dude. monster. Yeah, and uh, so so anyway, yeah. So I just think it's about how you pair up and who you train with to limit. Right. The the question is, how do you limit injury? You're going to limit it by, you know, rolling with people that make sense. Yep. And I think uh, for me, I, I also want to say you've got to be able to be, you have to feel comfortable telling a training partner when they're doing something that you feel like it's going to hurt you. Like, exactly. hey, dude, the guy, we just said flow. The coach just said flow. So it's, so it's it's basically like, in my mind, that's like catch and release, yep. mo- movement, catch yep. and release. You're not yanking on anything, you know, show the wrist lock, but don't wrench it, yeah. you know, show the Kimura, but don't. Don't fucking try to like mm-hmm. rip the guy's arm off. That's what I see. At brown belt, I'm not scared to tell somebody that. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. We you I can elevate, or do we want to do the flow? Mm-hmm. I can elevate, you want to elevate. Okay, just let's be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And that happens and nicely, not like I'm gonna rip your head off now. Like sure. I'm just like, oh, do you want to flow? I have training partners that I train with, and we look at each other and it's like, we're like, we're not flowing, right? Okay, so let's go. So then we'll mm-hmm. roll. But there's an agreement there. Yeah. And I think that at any belt level, you have to be okay with, yeah. with expressing that to the person that you're training with. Don't be scared to tell somebody, hey, yeah. no thanks. Especially yeah. if they're dangerous, right? If, they're, yeah. if they are a dangerous person to the gym and to themselves, don't be upset and just go, uh, nah, next round, you know, or, yeah. or nah, man, I'm good. You know, I don't want to train with you. And some gyms have those kind of people where uh, everybody's avoiding them and, uh, I'm I'm usually the I'm usually one of the bigger guys in the gym, so I definitely get avoided by people like really. Oh, but I mean, I'm you know not because I'm like dropping my weight on uh-huh. them, but it's just like I'm the bigger guy. These the guys bigger, are like yeah. under 200 pounds. I'm like yeah. walking around at 230. Yeah. I do. I have a little trick. Uh, I will give Miguel again talking about being you know being verbal. Like make sure you talk to your partner. If you're going with somebody that's known to like have no control, no control. Or doesn't know how to flow, do not be scared to ask him to show you a move. You turn him into almost like a little bit of an, an instructor, instructor, right? Yeah. And you're like, "Hey, uh, you always get me in this thing. Do you mind if we start there? Can I can yeah. I start it on you? Can you start it on me? Mm-hmm. Let, can you just show me how to do that?" Yeah. And it usually, I think, I think it's like an ego boost for that person. Yeah. And then they go, "Okay." 
competitive hat off and let me put on my instructor yeah. hat. And I know that I love to help people and instruct. So like, I know that that works on me, Sure. but I'll definitely even like be like, uh, with that person, I'll be like, all right, take my back. You know, like I'll put them in an ad advantageous position. If yeah. I understand that, that they're like, okay, they don't want to go hard. But I think that's a little trick. If you're the white belt and there's the brown belt that has no flow on a, with a white belt, like he just wants to rip everybody's head off, turn him into an instructor, ask him a question, ask him to teach you something, and it usually slows them down because now he's like, oh, I can't beat this guy. I I'm, I'm, have to show him this thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it usually, and, and also, you know, if you're the white belt, you're usually the new guy there in the gym. You don't have a relationship with these people, so they don't know you. You don't know them. It definitely gets you in a place where now you're, you're more familiar. Yeah. It's harder to beat up your best friend, right? That's, That's a good point. Right? Yeah, so. All right, go ahead. Next question. You have one there? So Next we question? have one from NYY, uh, New York Red, Reg, Reg, 12. Okay. Okay. Best advice for dealing with a knee injury and frustration with not being able to train at 100%. This kind of goes back into, you know, <clears throat> what, what's, what it's like to not be able to roll for. And just note here, between both hip surgeries, I didn't roll for almost three years. Right? So. We'd be like, oh, I can't roll for a week or two or a month or two. I'm like, bro, listen, I, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. I've been there for a long time. I would say progress equals happiness. So set smaller goals. Think about maybe your diet. Maybe you can clean up your diet. Maybe you can watch tape a little bit more. There's always something we can do besides roll hard. Everybody thinks like, if I can't roll hard five rounds, three days a week, the life's over. I can't progress. And we know that that's the furthest thing from the truth. You can work on your flexibility. You can work on your endurance. You could work on your diet. You could work on uh, a new skills that you're going to do. You could work on your positional stuff. You could work on your mindset. You could work on your breathing. You could. Th there's a hundred different things that you can work on. Kind of a lot of stuff that I talk about in the Black Belt Mindset Program, where you think you're limited to this one thing, but you have the world, uh, you know, by the balls because you're, there's so many other things that you can concentrate on now that you've maybe been missing. Yeah. So I would say that those things. So the initial question was <clears throat> training. Well, can you repeat the question for me? Best advice for dealing with a knee injury and frustration with not being able to train 100%. So tape it up and stop being a pussy and go train, right? That's <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's actually the, like, they're, right? They're <laughs> irresponsible, irresponsible. Right? There are, no, but there are coaches out there. I remember being in a room. Ah, I'm not, I, can't, I can't say it, but like. There was somebody, there was a, a high level coach giving accolades to guys that were training through injuries and like, see, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, I obviously think that that's stupid. Um, Dumb. Especially you, for you, people you who may, are stay at home, you know, who yeah. have jobs, who have families. I do think, uh, to piggyback on what you said, everything you said, I agree with. And I know for me, when I was a white belt, not off of injury, but I was addicted to watching videos. Mm -hmm. uh, I found Jason Scully yeah. early. He's from New Jersey. Jer yeah, right. He, awesome, awesome content. Yeah. Um, I still uh, this weekend was I was I, I do it. I usually wake up for open mats. I grab a coffee. I use coffee and a banana. I mm -hmm. try not to eat breakfast before open mat. Mm -hmm. Coffee and a banana. Got to get something in. And I'm watching. I just put on his stuff. It's just like you know, 55 close guard techniques in nine minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, I just put them on. I pick out ones I like. I usually try to find something that we're drilling in the school that day, and I watch that. So for somebody that's injured, I know for me, feeding my mind off of the mat is a big part, especially in the beginning. I, I think I, I was already in love with jujitsu the second I got on the mat, and that I was just like hungry for the knowledge, hungry for the knowledge. I think that that gave me a leg up on a lot of people that were around me because they were done with training and went home and went about their mm -hmm. life. 
I was going home and like literally to the point where my wife's like, really? You're going to lay in bed mm-hmm. watching this? You know, like I put on Jason Scully, I'd shoot from my phone, like, you know, cast it, the yeah. YouTube to the, to the TV. And I was just constantly consuming jujitsu. And, and the Jason Scully stuff for me was, was big because it'd be like, what are we working on in the gym? I'd look up that thing or find that video. Like right now we're back, we're doing a, a month of close guard. Yep. At my gym right now. Awesome. So I went back to those clothes guard because it's just like again fifty. I don't know all fifty five techniques. Yeah. But now at my level, I like oh I'm there. I'm in that position and I do that. So for somebody that's not able to be on the mat, it could be for I know people that are like I don't want I'm hurt I can't train I don't want to even think about it. Yeah. And I think Miguel said that one time. He's like no 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 I'm hurt I don't even want to be thinking about I don't want to watch an instructional basically. I'm like for me it's just like if I can't train my body I'm gonna be able I'll train yeah. my mind. So I have been injured and I did do that where I watch just like consume things and buy instructional buy or watch instructionals get the free stuff on YouTube and feed your mind at least Correct. while you're trying to recover while you're trying to do other things and get your get your mind back to a place where like what you went through you can be positive and you can start to you know to think about so actually getting on the mat again. Do. So many more yeah. things to do. Prepare yourself for the things that you've lacking while you are on the mat. Yeah. Maybe your flexibility. Maybe it's your strength. Maybe you have no muscle. Maybe, you know, you need to lose weight. Maybe you need to learn how to breathe better. Maybe you need to be more flexible. Well, now's the time to do it. Yeah. When I when I started and I was watching videos, my coach hated it. He hated that I was like that. I watched videos, and and I was. His like only stu- like it was mm-hmm. like a, you're, I started you're coach with him, now or before? my coach then okay. my coach when yeah, I started yeah. with opened a gym he was a family friend opened a gym and I was one of his first students I, I was it, really yeah. I was really his second student but it was a girl that like tra- trained and left for a week she was like mm-hmm. the wife of like one of his friends she trained a little and then she stopped so I was just like his only student for mm-hmm. a while like I was literally getting privates like almost every day that wow. I trained and then like people would come in and start and stop so I was training with him and I would be like hey I saw this move and he would just be like Jesus and. But he wound up taking to it. I used to bring my iPad yeah. and we would train. And at the end of every class, he'd be like, all right, what do you got? And I'd be like, all right, grab my iPad and be like, show me how to do this move. Or like, mm-hmm. show me the way that you do this. Or where, where am I doing this? And we would discuss that move. And he let he became, he wound up starting to actually like it because it gave him like, oh, like something else to teach me. Because like he was going off of his curriculum and showing me things that he wanted to show me, but then I was getting like maybe like an advanced technique from someplace else. So then it was a good mix into like I found north south by my slides, north south jokes I found on my own, like just different different things that I did were not things that he taught me, nice. but that he helped me refine because I did bring him to. So he went from like rolling his eyes to, yeah, yeah, what do you got? I iPad was always on the side of the mat, and I grab it and be like pull up something, and then he would show it to me. So nice. I definitely the world has changed though. Now it's just like every every coach has. Is showing moves. Every coach is, yeah. you know, but I'm big on Jason Scully. Had him on the show. Became a member of his site. Nice grapples guide. Nice. Uh, but I still just go on to YouTube and look at his stuff. All right, uh, let's do one more question. So this choose. is <laughs> this is from a, this is from a, a guy from Philly. Somebody knows you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, this is a funny one. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. How do I get a bigger John? Okay. In Philly, that's why I thought it was funny. In Philly, every, anything could be a John. Like, you know, Philly people have like this sort of like, uh, I don't want to say this lingo, but they have this lingo like, yo, give, let me see that John. Like, this could be a John. That could be a John. This could be a John. Like, like just saying that thing. It's yeah, like that, thing, that thing. That, that yeah. John, though. You know, like, yo, you know, this? Let me see that from John. Up there? Where, where are you from, yo, Christian? John. Where are you from? Cleveland. So, Cleveland. I know oh, they a lot say of kind of know that. They don't say that in Cleveland, but no. uh, I have some friends from uh, 
from there. And yeah, John is a popular. Yo, cuz, uh, what's up with that, John? Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, you described it perfectly. A John could be. Yeah, you, any, it could be. Yeah. A bottle, it's like it forget about be, it. Forget about it. Could be like forget yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, it could be exactly. a good thing, bad thing, right? Yeah, where'd you get that drawing from? You're like, what drawing? You're like, you know, that drawing in your head. That, that hat. So what was his question? What how, did he say? how do we get your drawing bigger? I don't know. I don't have, <laughs> no answer to that. <laughs> I have no answer to that. I love, I love the guy. That's why, that's why I, I answered it. All right. So any of the, if any of those guys, when they got to let the podcast, podcast go live, if, you, if they hear their question, yeah. for people that don't know, right, you can submit a question. We usually post before every guest comes on the show. If you submit a question, you hear it on the show. We'll mention your name. You mentioned his name, right? Uh, that was Diamond Striking. That okay. was the guy I first trained. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear your question used on the show, send me a DM on Instagram, and we'll get you out a podcast tea or mug. You see the podcast mugs up there? So we'll nice. send you out a podcast tea or mug, your choice. And, uh, yeah, that's the thank you for, for sending questions. So let's do our drill down. So we're going to do, do it. Um, we'll, let, we'll let Bo do his sound effects. So it's time for the... The drill down. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> high level here. High okay. level. High I like level. that. Um so you, 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 we did this with you last time. Yep. Questions might have changed a little bit, but uh, we'll just go through these real quick. And uh, I like to tell people that like these are probably the most popular questions that we like we constantly get. So we just group them here at the end, and, and we ask everybody. Sure. So gi or no gi? No gi. Take down or pull guard? Take down. Music during rolling. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta. What kind of music? What you go to? Ah, you know, I really like like house or club music. Yeah. That, like upbeat. Yeah. I like rap. Like. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> I'm from New Jersey, man. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Are you watching jujitsu? We just talked about watching videos. Do you watch jujitsu yes. when you're not on the mats? Yes. WNOs, flow grappling, flow. like you know. Flow. Yeah. I like flow. IBJJFs, like the no. tournaments you watch. No. 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 I'm I'm not interested in point no. grappling. I think. Yeah. I love it. Those, those guys are great. Um, I watch uh, Megarelli sometimes. I just think that's the a lot of them have, have adopted their whole game just to the point system of, yeah. of, of, of of winning. But and hey, listen, those guys could beat me on points, and you know that's great. But it's just not my thing. I just don't yeah. like that. I like the action of the sub onlys or the flow grappling or the ADCC. For me, those are uh, way I'm, more I'm liking the one FCs now. Like I, I like that I they've like integrated one, you know, to like grapple also. matches into the into the, those cards. I think that's definitely the way. That's the way that grappling will continue to to to, more, to be elevated, popular. yeah, to get more yeah. popular. I still don't think it'll ever be just like a, like you can be a casual MMA fan, never have trained, and want to watch MMA or even boxing, right? Correct. You be a fan, and I was watched boxing all my life without ever stepping into a yeah. ring. But jujitsu is not like that. No, you gotta. You had, there needs to be a certain amount of like IQ, jujitsu IQ. So I don't. I think that one FC is going to get us there. And I even like what I the UFC is so. doing with like kind of the fight pass and airing stuff. And I think I might actually break down and actually buy the fight pass. Yeah. Because I, I do. I, I like that they're putting like the pros in with like you know the like an MMA fighter yeah. with like a jujitsu only guy. Like I like that mix. Yeah. And really get to see what where your levels at. Uh huh. Um, and I love that the jujitsu guys are always kicking them and making guys asses. <laughs> yeah, they are. All right. Um, favorite competitor to watch? Uh, Gordon or Nicholas. Okay. How about MMA? Oh man. So many good fighters. Um, I like Izzy. I like yeah. him a lot. I know he just lost. What do you think about that fight? I, I actually, I actually thought about that fight and I was in my mind, I picked Strickland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because of his tenacity and his ability to to go forward, and Izzy is more of a counterfighter. Strickland is more of um, he'll play counter, but he's a big pressure person. 
And I think the reason that um, Alex, the, the Brazilian guy, knocked out um, Strickland is because he also plays a, a counter-pressure fighter, whereas Izzy, he's very much just a counter-fighter. Yeah. So stylistically, sometimes when you look at martial artist it's not so much you know who beat who but more so like what is your style against my style and how can it be that much did more you see the video there's a video out of strickland uh with pajeda yeah did you see that video of their no. training together no, and no. pajeda is showing him uh -huh. basically that combination okay the inside punch when he goes for that yeah. big hook he, he throws that straight yeah right. yeah okay. yeah there's a there's a video of them training together and basically going over kind of that that combination uh -huh. and and like you're right like uh like Alex comes in, very you know straight he, up. Pressure. And Strickland came in like that too. Strickland came in. Strickland you know, straight Strickland up. Strickland plays that you know? that shell. Yeah, but yeah, he'll, he'll come in. He's always in, and Izzy's more of a, a, yeah. a defensive counterfighter, and he'll yeah. get offensive when he needs to. But Strickland's just like, a, put my head down, and I'll just take punches, and I'll I'll get in there eventually. You rewatch that fight, and look how Strickland just controlled the ring. Like he was on the outside of that, like that octagon yeah. design in the middle, like in the ring, mm -hmm. right? That that. That, that encircles the, the the middle of the ring. There was like very few times, maybe once or twice, where they were actually fighting in the center of the ring. It yeah. always moved to. The, he just had Izzy on the outside. He the was able to time. cut him off and just keep putting yeah. him back in. He there. controlled the ring. Good you know? footwork. You know what I'd like to have seen Izzy doing that fight a little bit more um, is use that side kick that John Jones uses. Yeah, up, like, to the thigh. Yeah, right above the knee there to yeah. kind of really get him to stop because the way that Strickland stands and the way that he comes in. It's very hard to get him on that jab off because Strickland is so good at like doing that pullback and that roll. But if you can do the the lower extremities, sometimes you can kind of get him to stop. But what Strickland does is he blades himself really well. So like the front kicks don't work on the center of the body because the body becomes so bladed and he's not so square. When you become square, yeah. now you have a bigger target. So he gets himself bladed just enough that it's it, he's easy. It's easier for him to kind of get in there and start getting you know, silly I, or, 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 you know, how he gets. I didn't think Strickland, Strickland had any business even getting that fight. <clears throat> and look at that. Crazy, huh? Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah. All right. So ultimate goal in jujitsu. Ultimate goal in jujitsu is to impact as many people's lives as possible through my martial arts and my martial arts studio to help them in all different ways. Gotcha. To me, that's more important than me even winning a, a world championship, right? Because the world championship is just for me. Yeah, maybe I can inspire some people and to do it and this and that. But if I can actually have people come back to me, and be like, "Man, you changed my life," or "You changed my kid's life," or like through your martial arts, I was able to get through college and earn a scholarship for the mental things that you showed me. That's a win. Yeah, cool. Now this is the big one. Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember the big one? No. Do you remember the big one? This is like the drum roll. <laughs> Favorite food? Do you or do you not wash your jujitsu belt? Do I or do I not? No, I, I usually do. You wash it? Yeah, not like all the time, but I do. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, a lot You're of not a dirty don't. Man. I do. I just not as as much as you know every single day. I don't wash it every session. It might be like every couple I'm, of sessions. I'm down. I'm every couple. Of, I do have two belts. Yeah. Every couple of sessions, I do. Uh, we don't have it up here. Uh, use a little in the neutral zone. The spray. Okay. So I'll spray it. Uh, if it's not around, I've used Lysol. So I'll spray it and hang it. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I wash it. Remember, I'm doing think. no more. Yeah. I like no more, yeah. so I don't have to wash yeah, my yeah. belt. So your your gym though, yeah. you'll have a gi, gi no gi. Gi, uh, you, no gi. You you started to talk about it before. You really looking at more of a no gi gym, or is it going to be gi and be, no it's gi? Gonna be, it's going to be equally Everything? equally yeah. gi and no gi because, and it has nothing to do with who's around me. But it's just what I know that I want to offer. I want to be able to offer 
nogi and gi, but also the combatives of yeah. like the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu combatives. I'm going to offer that in the beginning. That's right. Nice, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not worried about people passing guard for two points. I'm worried about what do you do? When, how do you punch block defense? How do you grab the body? How do you trip? How do you get out of somebody choking you, you know, standing That's forward? Nice, yeah. A lot of people want to know that stuff. Yeah. The Valenti brothers are phenomenal yeah. at that stuff. They caught man. a lot of shit for that for a long time. I, like, I don't care. Yeah. No, no, I'm, uh, I agree. In I general, agree. You know, from no, other people. I agree. And Henner and his brother are some of the most underrated jujitsu practitioners ever. Like, I don't care if you're world champion or not. If you roll with those guys, you'll, you, can ask, you can ask Glover, Glover, Jeff Glover, and all those other guys. They're like, wow, these dudes spank me. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, look at look at Huron when he fought Galveo. Did Galveo run through him? No. No. And how much does Galveo, Galveo weigh, weigh more than Huron? And then the strength and the steroids, <laughs> right? All did the he, other stuff. Did he, did he smoke Huron? No. Okay. And how much does more does he weigh? Was 40, 30 pounds more or whatever. He's a competitor. Is Galveo not an animal? Absolutely. Is Huron's technique and his ability to hold his cool and do well against somebody that good, was that impressive? Look how bad Galveo beats other people. And he wasn't able to do that to him. And how much does Huron compete? But- when you think about that too, like my coach always says, for every level there's another level, right? You got, you know, the Gracies. You're talking about Galvao. Then look what, what Gordon did to Galvao. Like ah, it's dude. just like, Gordon's make like, him look like white belts. Magarelli and Gordon, these guys are like. So yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate Huron and his brother. Um, I think they underestimate these guys, but they're really good. Yeah. Just because they teach combatives. Doesn't mean they're not. These guys are good, man. They've been doing jujitsu for a while. People think if you teach combatives, you're not good. My coach, the animal, I swear to you, I would put him up against almost anybody. We've had world champions come in from other parts of the country, and they'll be like, I had one guy come. I won't say. I won't say his name. Great guy. He's amazing. He trains at a very popular gym here in Miami, uh, and he's very, very well known in the jujitsu world. And he told my coach, he's like, dude, you could win ADCC right now. Yeah. That's what he told yeah. me. He's like, bro, you could win ADCC, right? And he goes, I swear to God. He goes, I train with guys who train ADCC. He goes, you could beat these guys. And Rick's like, nah, I, like, I got too many kids. Like, yeah. I got, I'm, worried, I'm worried about running my studio. Go back to the commitment, right? He's like, I don't care. He's like, you know, I, he's like, I've done jujitsu forever. So, um, you know, just because you teach self-defense doesn't mean yeah. you're not good at jujitsu. Thank you to Feito IT and AV, specializing in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, CCTV, POS, and more. Check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram too, at MyNeutralZone. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. 
Visit flowandroll.com to check out their awesome designs, and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy Signature Tee exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of T-shirts, rash guards, or geese with code JJD. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Any shout-outs? You want to say hello to anybody? Thank yous? Can't tell anybody. Is your gym up north closed? Did you close your no, gym? No, no, oh, no. Still it's it. open. All yeah. right, so you can give your gym a shout-out. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, Buddha Martial Arts in Ewing, New Jersey. And give a shout-out to my wife for always being supportive and uh, believing in me and what I do in my life. You know, without that, we talked about that in the beginning. Like, you know, what was my wife like? Without that, you know, it, kind of like you second-guess yourself. When you have somebody behind you who's like, you know, everything I do, she's like, you can do this. I know we're going through a hard time right yeah. now. I know you can do this. Yeah. Oh, that's big. That's yeah. <laughs> Amen. We won't get into why I got divorced, but that you just explained it. <laughs> I, just, I didn't have that. Sounds like for the better. Uh, Sounds like for the better, my friend. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching listening. You can check us out at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Instagram, right? Uh, I'm Uncle Milty BJJ on IG. Bo, you want to throw out Handy Wisdom? Handy underscore Wisdom. You can check out Bo and his, uh, his new project. And thank you for doing this again, bro. Thanks I really so much, appreciate man. it, man. All right. Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. Peace, love, Jiu-Jitsu. Los. We'll